everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it. A reminder, this is not a spoiler-free podcast, so there could be things that we mention that come up in future episodes of the show, but this is a really fun one, so stick with us anyway. I am Melissa, and I'm here with my glorious co-host, Fish. Fish, how are you doing today? I'm glowing. I'm still glowing from yesterday. Yep. We had we had a lovely day yesterday. It was amazing. Yep. It'll probably be about a week apart for, for all of you when you hear this, but we <laughs> had a little chat with Mandy Foreman, who's letting us call her Mandy. And we feel very <laughs> special. And I... I did my best to keep it cool and professional. She did. She was very cool and professional until about two hours after the interview. And I exploded. At which point, yeah, she (laughs) just, you have the picture of her in our, you know, podcast overview. Just imagine Melissa just with her head exploding into confetti, Mm -hmm. rainbow colored confetti. Yeah. That's what happened. That's pretty much what happened. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, I apologize because I, there were probably more questions of yours we should have brought in, but I was just trying to keep it together. Okay. Yeah. I was trying we to keep it together. <laughs> and um, I thought she added a lot of great context for this episode, but also like the whole show. I mean, there's stuff that, that she pulled in stories from all over the series and um but we got a lot of stuff that was really useful for this discussion so you know that you may we may reference some of it as we go through today mm-hmm. yep and she did answer a lot of your questions um we didn't always remember to attribute them to you really uh, as melissa said we were trying to like not explode during the interview that's i mean it was a full-time job (laughs) (laughs) um oh we were we were we were so committed to not fangirling that like it just yeah uh boy was i having to contain it um but that's okay (laughs) that's okay it was just latent energy (laughs) (laughs) it did come out just later Oh my gosh. Um, a, a huge thank you to Mandy for doing that with us. And it's going to make this discussion even more fun because we have so many new insights to bring to it. And we'll just see how that impacts how Fish and I saw this episode. Because, hey, what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about season two, episode 21, The Aretha Theory. This one originally aired May 10th, 2000. It was written by Andrea Newman. It was directed by Jack Bender. And here's a synopsis. (laughs) After yet another interrupted date, Greg realizes Felicity is still not over Ben and dumps her. A depressed Felicity asks Megan for a night on the town. Meanwhile, Julie tries to figure out how she feels about Sean after his declaration of love. Elena finds herself flirting with a friend of Tracy's. And Ben helps Javier shop for an engagement ring for Samuel. Hey, episode writer. Yeah, I was like, wait, what friend of Tracy's? That's not a thing. Um, Maybe, like, they thought there was flirting going on with the guy who's 
doing her apartment? Like, no, doing... that didn't happen here. That did that not happen. Absolutely here. did not happen. Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> nor would that even have made sense. Nope. For this episode, if they tried all to she said it. to that guy was, I'm going to kill Tracy. <laughs> so. Okay. Well, you know what, listeners, this is always an adventure. <laughs> seeing what was the what the teaser for the episode was in the in like TV guide the you know the week that it was airing um boy they got that wrong that's okay though so look this is this is a huge episode I think by any standards because we're really like it's a pinnacle of the storyline I would say so I have no idea fish how you feel about this episode and because we didn't watch this one together because we watched it early to prep for the mandy interview so i'm not really sure what fish is going to say listeners but i will say just in case fish is going to be cynical about anything that happens in this episode i want you to know that i am doing a love letter to this episode so fish can do anything she wants to do and I will, you know, for those who love this episode, you're going to get a love letter from me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so don't lose heart. If there's even one critical thing said, it's okay. It's okay. I'm the voice that you need. If you're a lover of this episode, if you're an old fan, um, I'm sorry. We've got yeah, nothing for you. I like, uh, <laughs> I like Melissa's preemptive apology for any and everything I said. <laughs> I'm not saying know. it's unwarranted. I'm just saying it's awesome. If, if it gets you concerned, if you're hearing anything you don't like, <laughs> if you're a really big Ben and Felicity fan, and this is your dream come true episode, you're going to get the dream from me and you're going to get something from fish. What it's going to be. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So gosh, fish, where, where do we even start? I mean, we have to start right outside the bar. I mean, everything in this episode, I think, kind of follows. I mean, even the Ben and Javier stuff ends up at the club. So, yeah, I don't think it it makes much sense. I know that I spoiled you a little bit on this last time where I was just like, Greg is putting himself out of his misery really like right away. Don't (laughs) worry about Greg. It's going to be okay as soon as he gets outside of the bar. Um, And then it happened. Yeah. So the first thing I kind of noticed here is I do see the chia head. This moment of hair, this scene, I'm sorry, but I do see it. Um, Wasn't quite long enough yet to do the clips. She does some clips in her hair eventually. Um, This must have been one of those phases. It doesn't look bad. I mean, look, I don't think chia head is actually a bad look on her so you know uh it's not a nice thing to say anyway but like i see it (sighs) um i also thought for greg i mean i get it's it's the 90s it is still really hard for a guy to pull off a jean jacket and i think he does oh so I mean, props to him for that. Congratulations. Right. Mm-hmm. Greg, we're going to say some nice things about you. Um, 
I don't know, you know, he goes in for this sort of last desperate kiss. It, it, it looks good, but like her arms are crossed and in the way. And I don't know whatever he got out of that. You used the word desperate. I, I thought it was a goodbye kiss. I thought he was trying to assess whether or not this was going to work. I mean, the way that he like put energy into that, he was like, I'm going to get from this kiss, whether or not it's going to work because he kisses her. And then he pulls back and looks at her and says, it's not going to work. And, and she leading into that, you know, she, so they've just, we've literally stopped, you know, moments after the last episode where she's left bed on the floor in Epstein bar. They're right outside. They're walking. She catches up with Greg who's walking away and she's still like, I just, I can't live like this. I can't do this anymore. Right. Am I right? (laughs) Yeah. She's like, Oh my God. She's like, I cannot believe you just did that. Yeah. And he's like, really? Really? You oh, I thought she was making just a commentary that? on Ben in that situation. She said you to Greg. Like, I can't believe you just did that. Like, hit him. Mm. But then I feel, I feel like she then said, like, I've got to tell him I can't live like this anymore. I feel like she then switched it to a focus on. I felt like she was trying to get Greg back on board in that situation um yeah i mean she def she definitely i mean like when he says it's not gonna work she kind of freaks she's like greg greg like greg um you know i i do think she she is trying to hold on to him absolutely grasping at straws looks like yeah and greg gives this whole speech right um it's like you know you're not dating for like me for me you're dating me because i'm not ben which i completely 100 percent disagree with like we have talked at length about all the things that she appreciates about greg yeah right um it's not like she just dated anyone yeah i guess it makes sense that this is his perspective like he's this is what he's thinking is happening here I think it's not giving himself quite enough credit that there's some sense to this match you know Mm -hmm. there's a reason why why this relationship was starting between them um I guess if if you're in his position and you're thinking you're really just trying to put a wall up with Ben and I happen to be there it might look like that um but I agree with you. I think there was there was logic behind this. Yeah, they had shared a common interest. They like didn't just jump into it. You know, it was like over time they had conversation. I mean, there was a real relationship there. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> Felicity is very focused on Ben in this moment. And her response isn't like, that's not true. I really like you because X, Y, Z, it was, I'm over Ben. Now, the third word out of your mouth, Ben. Yeah. Like, that's not the response. 
It's a denial, uh, but it's a total focus on the thing that he was like, this is what you're focused on. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's it's the response she gave because it's the place she's in. But he's, you know, he sees through it. And while I agree he doesn't give enough credit to their current relationship, he's like, look, it's not fair to me. And you can rectify it because clearly you both like each other. I like Ben clearly wants you. You clearly want him. You can fix this. Yep. That's pretty much Greg's parting words from that conversation. It's just like, I can't. Like, like... I'm not buying this anymore. I'm like, it's, it's just, you're so in denial and I'm so not anymore. And I can't unsee this. (laughs) (laughs) I've had enough. He's just had enough. And there's really no, despite her assurances, how would you believe her assurances at this point? You know, it's like, you are so (laughs) like, masking this from yourself Mm -hmm. that there's no way you can be giving me the real story and he's not even and the thing is as he exits the scene it's like he's he's not even saying anything scathing about it it's just like i am willing to face reality (laughs) which is blank you know it's (laughs) and yep it's like, I literally don't care whether you think this is reality or not anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. It's it's just, gosh, what a run he's had. Yeah, still got a feel for Greg for the most part. You know, seems like a pretty good guy. Minus that one episode where he was like terrible. Um, yeah. And fish, you and I kind of talked a little bit about this the other day, but like, what's your, I know we have one more Greg scene, but like, what's your sort of, uh, postmortem on Greg? Like I, I, it's a weird word to use, but like, yeah, you were, you were so concerned about him in that one episode. Um, you, you know, where does it sit for you with all, with all that you've seen since? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I do still believe that he was capable of doing all the stuff in that episode. Um, I don't think from a 90s audience, like a pre-Me Too uh, era, it would have been seen as that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, generally, I think we've seen problematic aspects from most of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's ha- he has his, just like everyone else. But if we, you know, compare across them, given the time, Greg, Greg seems like a pretty good guy, you know? For the time, Greg seems like a pretty good guy. I think the thing that really strikes me about Greg is how much of sort of a template his character was like the, I, I've said it before, but like the broad strokes of what he was there to do. I think he did. Um, but as we really started picking apart each episode that he was in, it's like, wow, he's kind of a chameleon of whatever this particular <laughs> writer's room wanted to have today. And it's like, 
we need somebody that Felicity can respect and admire and who can sort of stimulate that side of her brain. And so he's going to direct the health center and he's going to help her with a, with a, you know, with her activism. And then he's going to run for office. (laughs) It's like, wow, guys. Um, (laughs) And he's going to have a cocaine habit. And that he's overcome and he's yes. he's on the other side it's like oh all that okay yeah but we're Great never gonna see you, that yeah. uh he's gonna fix a child that ben breaks <laughs> um <laughs> it's, it's it's just like you can sort of it's sort of funny after a while that it's like all right he was sort of whatever we needed him to be in order for him to achieve the goal that his character was there to do um first he was in his like late 20s early 30s then he was like 20 so he could run for office mm-hmm. uh. <laughs> yeah it's um <laughs> he's he's it's a funny character but i think you know he's meant to be the foil for ben and really to get the audience invested in felicity having a relationship with one of the core men that she you know from season 1 that she was deciding between we we need to get back on the interest of having her back with one of them. And so I think that and or Greg and yeah, I am really surprised how much of season one and season two, she is not dating either one of the guys. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's a lot. I, I is quite a lot. She was with them for most of the time. No, season two. We yeah, see all kinds two. of other people enter the scene and it's not, you know, it's just you know, she has little moments with each of each of you know Ben and Noel, but yeah. we we certainly moved away from that quite a bit <laughs> in like the whole middle of season two. Um so okay, let's head from here to Dean and DeLuca. Well, I just want to stop for one minute on Felicity's face once Greg walks away. And I don't feel like there's any realization there. I think we saw the realization at the dance. Mm -hmm. But I felt like she had this kind of, like she wasn't just confused. She did have some acceptance with like a lot of like hesitancy or worry about it like she wasn't convinced that that this is really like this was really going to turn out well Mm -hmm. um so i don't know um i think in the script or something like that it said or wherever i read something about it because i don't think i have the scripts anymore um it said she was supposed to be confused but i didn't read confusion Mm, interesting i would I, I figured she would, I figured confused would be the right word here. Um, I think, you know, because, because the, the whole speech from Ben in the bar happened the end of the previous episode, you kind of almost sort of forget that feeling in that moment as you see this aftermath. But I think she, I feel like in that altercation that they had, Felicity and Ben had with their words, it was like, I think Felicity knows that there's an attraction there, 
but she's absolutely terrified about it. And it's like, how, what do I need to do to push this thing down, to push this thing away? You know, I, I don't know if she had thought before that about what Ben was doing being a pattern or about it being all the cha- all just about the chase for him, or if those were words that came out of her mouth in that moment that she's going to sit with and believe. I um, think she had been thinking about it for a while. Those okay. sounded like things she had deep convictions about. And, and Felicity seems like someone who thinks a lot. So this is a story she's been telling herself. And so it's like when confronted so so aggressively with his like passionate pleas for like, listen to me, I'm interested. I'm really, I'm changed. I want this. And she has to be like equally assertive about this isn't real, mm-hmm. you know? And so she's fighting it so hard. And now here's Greg telling her, nope, it is real. Everything that you've been saying in your head is wrong. <laughs> You know, he has to basically completely disrupt the the tape she's been playing in her own head in order for him to exit the situation. Because he's doing this out of self-preservation. Like, I don't care what you guys do. I'm out. This is it. No more Greg in this triangle. (laughs) Not my deal. And so, like, he's just out. And for him to just say it in such a way that it's like whatever you've been saying to yourself to protect yourself, that's not what, that's not it. I'm leaving because that's not it. (laughs) You know, it's just, I guess it would be confusing or maybe there'd be panic or. Yeah. I have this, this worry. That's, that's what I saw. She was like hesitancy to really accept it. Like, yeah. I mean, there's no safety net anymore. Uh, yeah, her safety net is has his button in an A meeting right now. Um, for real, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What a mess for him. Um, yeah, you so know that's... who's not a mess? Who? Javier. Javier's not a mess. Javier's in an exciting moment. Yes, and he is he, at Dane and Deluca right now. Great upbeat music. Love it. Mm-hmm. And um, Javier's super excited, although he does get a little distracted by the fact that Ben's hair doesn't have enough product in it. He's like, Ben, what is going on with the hair? It's, it's, I think the word he used was askew. It's all askew. Yes. What he meant was you haven't dumped a gallon of gel in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not spiky. It's not, it's just, it's, it's normal hair and it's not okay. Yeah. Well, this is where Ben's going to recount his, his hair has been the tell. And so Mm -hmm. Ben is going to recount for Javier, basically what we saw from the last episode. Told Felicity I loved her or I really care about her. And Greg punched me and left me on the floor in Epstein bar. And Javier's like, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) it's so romantic (laughs) it's like really no though (laughs) i guess not what it felt like (laughs) javier's like no no no. i'm telling you you on the floor isn't the final chapter to this luscious story (laughs) 
Also, um, just a little nitpicky thing. I mean, if Greg could really hit, which we heard from the last episode, why is there no cut on Ben's lip or bruise anywhere? I mean, mm. we remember the other fights. Yeah. There, there was bruising. Yeah. Apparently, Greg couldn't hit. Well, we, we don't need to bend with a bruised face for this episode, okay? Like, <laughs> can you imagine? At least this scene. I don't yeah. know. I mean, come on. Uh, um, yeah. So I guess Javier's sort of like, let me try to inject a little perspective for you on this. <laughs> but this is really not matching up with Ben's current experience of the situation. <laughs> it's like punch in the face, romantic. I don't need romance. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. Javier. But now, now Javier's feeling even more romantic than ever. And he's like, well, I have a favor for you. And he's thinking about proposing to Samuel mm-hmm. and Javier wants Ben's help picking out a ring. I don't know why he thinks Ben would be a good resource for that task. And that is so weird because I wrote down, like, Ben seems like he would have a good taste in jewelry. Oh, you think? I think so. Oh, he he did pick out that necklace. Yeah. Yeah. And he just seems like the kind of guy who, like, had a lot of female friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And and he, I don't know, he just strikes me as that guy who'd be good at it. And also, I... I think Javier's going to pick out whatever he wants and Ben's probably just the guy who's going to like sit there with him and agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably. And we've seen this budding friendship between them and we've seen them go out for beer together. <laughs> <We've seen> them, <laughs> you know, like this is, this is not completely out of the blue. Ben and Javier have been having conversations and. Yeah. And I love this about them because, you know, I brought this up earlier I don't know if it was season one or how much earlier, but this idea of, of kind of real time male friendship that, Mm -hmm. you know, they're helping each other out and, and Javier is kind of, you know, he's definitely invested in a relationship between Ben and Felicity. He loves them both. And, you know, he's there for Ben and he gives him advice and he asks him for advice And it's just like, you know, men supporting men in like a positive, healthy way. Yeah. And I also like that we've seen a growth in Ben in terms of him actually being honest with Javier, because, Mm -hmm. you know, when they had that going out for beer moment um, (laughs) that Javier hated so much in terms of beer and the lack of food, uh, (laughs) but just a wasabi pea, (laughs) (laughs) lychee nut, Um, he You know, in that situation, Javier went into that conversation thinking that Ben was pining over Maggie and Ben never corrected him. He was like, he said, you think this is about Maggie? And Javier realizes like, oh, it maybe isn't. But Ben never then like divulges everything that he's thinking. So we see a conversation like this and it makes me feel like they have gotten to that place. Mm -hmm. Yep. And Javier, I mean, look. He is just, he is wrapped up in, in the unbelievable romance of everything that is going on. I mean, 
Ben getting punched in the face, him getting a ring, romance is in the air. And Ben, Ben has this like fantastic, sarcastic sigh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just like, really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> well, we're gonna we're gonna go from there to pornographic the balloon pumping. The most suggestive scene. <laughs> so well, I thought it was air mattresses. They are, but those are um, balloon pumps for like children's parties. Um, I actually used to do balloon animals. Okay. <laughs> and I had one of these in purple. And I know, I know things you're learning about. This me. is the best thing I've learned all day. <laughs> and I'm not sure I'm going to top this for at least a week. I. <laughs> But yeah, so the pornographic balloon pumping or air inflatable mat pumping Mm -hmm. um, was awesome. It's the motion that was important here. It didn't matter what task they gave them as long as it involved the motion of like continuing to pump an air pump. And we've got a scene in the loft with Julie, Elena and Felicity having a, a conversation about their respective guys while pumping air mattresses i know it's random but it makes all the sense in the world (laughs) no it's not random these three women really need a girls night out they really need a girls night out and really really need a girls night out how this was the first idea i don't know what i am going to enjoy later is that i think correct me if i'm wrong i'm pretty sure ben and felicity sit on her air mattress on the when they're on the roof really with pillows stacked up behind it um i didn't notice what they were sitting on i only noticed that she had like a blanket around her with fringe on it yeah i think there's a shot of them when that scene starts from the back where you can see like the landscape of them sitting down and the and the movie that they're watching all in one you know all in one frame and i i looked at it this time i'd never thought about it before i was like are they sitting on the air mattress because <laughs> they look like they're basically on the ground with their feet directly out in front of them they weren't in proper chairs it's like i think it's the air mattress i thought they were just sitting on the roof but like it absolutely could be because it would be freezing sitting on the concrete sure would yeah so Okay, we have this Julie Elena Felicity scene, and they have some they have some information to share with each other. Yep, they and... have not had a good girl talk in a while. <sighs> so glad the girls come together in this episode. Um, yeah. and, and you know, in many in many scenes, um, they're sober love... in this one, which is nice. <laughs> I love that the first thing out of Elena's mouth is Megan told me. <laughs> it's like remember when megan told like told everybody about felicity's business she's still that person that's what's happening still yep uh and so elena is the one who's like megan told me that greg broke up with you you and greg broke up yep and she's talking to felicity and felicity's like well yeah and elena's like kind of dump me yeah Elena's kind of like, wait, why didn't you even say that to us? We've just been sitting here. This is kind of, I don't know, Felicity's like, well, I guess I didn't say anything because I haven't been thinking about it. Yeah. To which Julie 
in her super cute green 55 shirt, hair and earrings goes, not thinking about being broken up with, like, teach me how to do that. Yeah, yeah. And then Felicity gives the rest of that story. She's like, well, okay, so Ben interrupted us at dinner and he said all these things. They were so great, but they're so crazy. <laughs> and Elena's just like, oh God. Yeah. Here we go. Julia and Elena <laughs> definitely know what's up here. And, you know, Felicity is just clearly confused. She's like, you know, Ben thinks I'm not with him because I'm too afraid. Greg thinks, you know, <laughs> she's like, here's what the guys think. I don't know what to think. Yeah, she's basically like, Greg said this, Ben said this. I thought they were both crazy, but now I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, again, that look that she had did not seem to me like a you're crazy Greg look. That seemed like a, oh shit, you might be right look. Yeah, this is Felicity's, you know, last t- bit of time here to be as resistant as possible. But she's having, she's starting to have to cave, you know, <laughs> it's like at a certain point, there's too much evidence to support then, the theory. Yes. And then they're going to do a little one-upsmanship. Mm-hmm. Well, Elena is like, Tracy's a virgin, won't mm-hmm. have sex till he's married top that that (laughs) (laughs) and the way that lands is so perfect because julie and felicity are both very aware that like elena this this is probably not going to be satisfying for elena so it's just like oh how did you find that guy you know (laughs) i know it's like we some of us have been searching for a nice like religious boy for so many years and somehow you got him the the greatest problematic mismatch (laughs) (laughs) like for everything that they're so perfect with each other for like that is a serious misalignment um and i think she only needs to drop those couple lines for them to know the problem and then i'm not sure that julie actually tops her um Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah. She says, Sean told me he's in love with me. Yeah. Like, Ooh. And they're wondering, you know, how does she feel about that? And she says she doesn't know how she feels. Yeah. She maybe. It's a maybe. Mm-hmm. Is that what you thought she would think? Um, No. I thought she would think, hey, we're friends. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, um, like an open and shut case. Yeah. I I don't know if she's just is like looking for a comforting guy, but like wants to be in a relationship. Um, but like, because I mean, Sean is that. But yeah, I, it seemed pretty cut and dry and Sean seemed to think it would be pretty cut and dry even mm-hmm. though he went for it so kudos to him but so this is a bit of a surprise that Julie is kind of on the fence it's like yeah hmm, didn't know there'd be a fence here um all right well 
they kind of just drop all that information from each other. They're all now fully caught up and they all just kind of sigh and continue air mattress pumping. Mm-hmm. Sometimes aggressively. I mean, I will tell you those pumps are not easy Yeah. and you do get tired. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they would like stop and then they would like aggressively pump and then they'd stop. Like I, I feel them. You've been there. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. You and your years of making balloons. <laughs> I can't even imagine it. I'm sorry. I know. I, can't. I had all of these like bags of, of balloons that I could turn into different animals and a purple uh-huh. air pump. And I did it and look, you're just going to have to accept it. I'm, I'm fully willing to accept it. And it makes me so happy. I mean, um, you know that my first job was as a ballroom dancing instructor. But I don't see how that's connected to animals. It's I'm another weird dance. thing that you wouldn't have thought of me. Okay. Like if you just met me, ballroom dancer doesn't, like competitive ballroom dancing does not, I don't scream that. No. Nope. I no, also don't. don't scream balloon animal artist. Yeah. Oh my God. This is amazing. <laughs> it's like, so if I ever was like, for my birthday, all I want is, I don't know, like a balloon monkey. You could make it happen. I could make it happen. I don't know if I could get it to you without it popping. Uh, and I'd also have to buy a n- another pump since it's long gone and more balloons. Well, but yeah, I could do that. Interesting. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, okay. So I'm learning all kinds of things here this weekend. And <laughs> that is one of the best. So... Okay, we are now going to go into a Ruby and Noel scene. Yes, which will have <laughs> so many button-down shirts. Oh. All of the extras have been given button-down shirts as well. There's like two extras that don't have button-down shirts on. It's another reason why this should have been a to-be-continued with the last episode, I guess. Yes, because the bulk distribution of button-down shirts, it, it continues. Okay, so I know that you don't really notice fashion. I kind of wonder if you would have noticed this, but at least for me, men wearing button-down shirts, having them unbuttoned to the point where they're showing chest hair, that does not seem like a 90s thing. Oh. I don't remember this. This seems like a a weird Noel thing. do you remember this? Was this a thing? Listeners, she doesn't know. Do you <laughs> remember this? Was this a 90s thing that I just missed? Um, it's very off-putting. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. I can't corroborate anything. <laughs> but I hear you. And I, I have logged your concern. <laughs> um. Listeners are going to have, you're going to have to be the the truth tellers on this one because I can't help you there. Um, This is another, uh, you know, another, uh, another scene where it's important to remember what just happened in the last episode. So when we were leaving off of the last episode, Wade had awkwardly showed up at the loft during game night and, you know, Ruby and him go out on a date 
or go out to talk. I don't know what they were calling it, but they were they were going I out. I don't to think have it a was conversation. a date. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and there's that awkward introduction, self-introduction between Nolan Wade. And so that's, and then they leave. And so we have no idea what happened while they were out. And now we're picking up the next day. And Noel's seeing Ruby for the first time. It's after class. And he's like, you were out with Wade for a while. We're all in the loft. I know when you came back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, how did it go? And this is her chance to sort of debrief with him. And she isn't really giving him lots of specifics. She's just like, yeah, we went to Empire Diner. We talked all night. Um, doesn't really seem like Ruby wants to talk much about Wade. Nope. I mean, Noel's being very uh, understanding. You know, he's like, look, this guy's here. He's your baby daddy, like you want to invite him over to the apartment. It's cool. And Ruby's like, nah, just want a quiet night in, rent a movie. You want to, you want to join me? And Noel is just so happy. So Mm -hmm. happy and says yes. Yeah. Clearly Noel is starting to give Ruby what I consider his felicity look Uh it's this like really intense nothing else in the world exists except for you and it just goes on and on through this whole episode yeah this is unfortunate because it's like she's got a lot going on here you know and scary for noel you know Julie was into Noel as well, apparently. And now Sean's on the move, which I hope just ended that. Um, I mean, he's he's got girls coming out of the woodwork for him at this moment. Felicity isn't one of them. Yeah. I guess and so. his whole world is, I mean, he is really giving her the look. Yeah. Well to be continued on that part. So um, we are going to transition over to a scene at Nolan Elena's apartment where Mm -hmm. Elena wants to get into her apartment. She does, well, Tracy's covered in dust. He happens to be walking out while she's approaching the door from, you know, outside. He's covered in dust, covered. N95 mask on. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) I wrote down, It probably is done and looks great inside. Um, Not so much. Yeah, you thought that they you thought they were trying to like you know do a mind trick on you. Well, it was not to be fish. No, because he is definitely trying to make sure she doesn't enter the apartment. He's like, no, you don't need no, you don't need to go in there. (laughs) I can get anything for you. Anything at all. Um, and then she obviously looks like she's going to go into that apartment no matter what. And he's like, okay, you know what? Let me just leave first. Let me just <laughs> get to the elevator. I'm going to get as far away from this building as possible. And then you go in. Okay. That's the plan. Yeah. Well, and ahead of that, he, he has a very effective way of dealing with Elena. He's like, look, you know, don't get mad. I'm almost done you know, gives her the smile and then proceeds to just like 
continue to kiss her until mm-hmm. she's she's just all butterflies and then he's <laughs> like all right you stay like that just stay <laughs> just like that i'm gonna go run for the elevator you stay i mean he clearly has what i would consider rational elena wrapped around his finger mm-hmm. But he knows he does not yet have emotional Elena wrapped around his finger, which is why he's like, hon, hon, just just give me three steps. (laughs) Give me three steps towards that door. You know? And boy, is that mood going to be burst in a second because she enters the apartment. My notes say still apocalyptic. (laughs) Mine just say under it's probably done and looks great. Nope. Underlined. Yeah. yeah. She walks in and the dust is in the air. Vincent comes over and actually gives her a mask to wear. Yes, Cause she starts coughing. Yeah. He's like, everything's okay. It's fine. It's all good. No worries. <laughs> and she just says, I'm going to kill Tracy. Tracy He's is a, a dead, dead man. man. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> and Vincent's standing there going, why? It's fine. It's all part of the process. Yeah. Not a problem. Not well, a problem. And other awkward at the door interactions. Oh. We are at the loft. And Felicity is okay. Felicity's walking up to the loft door to open it and she's pulling out a key. Did all of them get keys for the loft? I mean, at least she did. I guess so. There's a lot of people staying at that loft right now. Um, I can't imagine they gave Megan one. Probably not. That's a <laughs> lot of keys to make on short notice there, but they've done it, I guess. And so Felicity is getting about ready to, you know, she's looking for the key so she can open the door, but she doesn't need to because who opens the door to go out? Mm, None other than Mm-hmm. And we have, you know... <laughs> The classic lines from the show Felicity all back to back. Hey, hey, (laughs) can I talk to you for a second? Well, there's this (laughs) moment, though. It's Ben just sort of smiles and looks down and walks past her and doesn't really say much. And Mm -hmm. she doesn't say much. And I wrote. Like, I really felt this moment. They're just, like, dragging our hearts on the floor. Um, And then, you know, she turns around and is like, yeah, can we talk? And they just stand in the hallway to talk. It's not like they go back inside or anything. They're like... There's probably more people in in the loft than there are in the hallway. Yeah, but, like... I still thought it was a little weird that she was like, can we talk? And Ben's like, sure, I'm staying right here. Yeah. Well, if you're him, yeah. <laughs> do you want to come even one foot closer after what happened last night? Um, I mean, again, I think this is where it's like such a shame that, you know, it's a week between airings for everybody, you know, including us. Um, because you just, it's so easy to forget that the last time they saw each other, Greg had just knocked him onto the floor. She goes to check on him and then she leaves him on the floor and goes and runs after Greg. That's all he knows. And yeah, that's weird. I, I thought this whole scene was weird because she says she wants to talk. Mm-hmm. And 
what I saw from him is a little bit of hope and he starts fidgeting. You know, it's like he's trying to keep his cool, but he's he's fidgety. He seems like he's freaking out a bit. Um, he's got this nervous energy you around saw him. Open it though. Yeah, and hmm. and then when he came out and actually says what he's going to, I was like, wait, what? Well, I think <laughs> if you were seeing hope, that would not that would not match up. I mean. She says, basically, like, I shouldn't have left last night. I shouldn't have left you on the floor. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know where she's going with that, though, really. Um, I mean. Shouldn't have left you on the floor. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, Greg did just dump her. I mean, mm-hmm. that was the result of her going outside. So, actually, yeah, maybe she should have stayed inside if that was going to be the outcome anyway. Yeah, so Ben's going to ultimately say, well, you know what? You were right. This is about, this is a pattern. It is about the chase. Like, go do your thing, sort of cadence to it. And yeah, it is, if you saw hope in his look earlier, then that wouldn't really match up here. I think maybe it was hope before she opened her mouth. I think if, if she opens her mouth and she doesn't say, you were right about everything. I love you. <laughs> you know, like maybe this would have gone differently. <laughs> but um, she doesn't really make any bold claims. Well, she doesn't even say that Greg and her aren't together anymore. Yeah. So I guess if you're Ben, what do you do with it once she's actually spoken these words? It's like, hmm. Just like give I guess the thought here is like, I'm, I need to give her space. I need space. I need to give her space. We all need space. Well, what he says later is I've given up. Mm-hmm. Like I'm done. I I'm just done. <laughs> um, and she looks so like sad and disappointed. And it's like, they're just standing there breaking each other's hearts over and over and over again. It's upsetting. It's upsetting. It's, yeah. Uh, So where does Felicity go to get comfort? I mean, where anyone would go. Megan returns. Megan. Yeah. (laughs) We we cut to her saying to Megan, they're in the They're They're in the the smallest possible (laughs) bathroom. For a loft that is that size, to have such a small bathroom that is in such desperate need of renovation um i don't know are there two bathrooms in this loft because didn't you say remember that one scene was it documentary two where ben looked like he was behind a shower door yeah this was a tub with a shower curtain wasn't it i don't even remember if there was a curtain (laughs) there's definitely uh there was no um there's nothing that looked like the frosted glass shower door So it probably, I mean, it's a huge loft. It probably has multiple, I mean, maybe multiple bathrooms, um, not just two. But this one is a dingy little old tiled, like porcelain pastel tub. Like it is in such desperate need of renovation and it is so small. Mm Mm-hmm. And I love it. We're going to have a bunch of footage in this bathroom. Yes, I love it. 
which is so bizarre. But um, so we see Megan like getting ready in the mirror and Felicity just says, I'm depressed. I'm depressed and I need you to take me out. I need to forget about Ben. Mm -hmm. And oh my God. So we see Felicity just standing and and I think we see her reflection in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And we don't know who she's talking to. And she says, I'm depressed. I'm confused. I need to forget about Ben. I need you to take me out. And then the mirror closes and Megan is revealed. Yeah. And, and then she just keeps oh talking through it. And she's like, I want to go to your, you like, you have this weird world and I want you to take me to that weird place. Distract- <laughs> it has distracting stuff in it. So she can forget about Ben. Potentially exciting things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. But Megan in this scene, oh my God, she looks fantastic. Her hair is fantastic. She has this like green eyeshadow and a red cami. Um, her nails, she, her nails will later match her like lipstick and those mm-hmm. giant crucifix earrings. Mm-hmm. I mean, Damn, Megan. There you have it, folks. Your fashion correspondent. There's, I'm sure, plenty more where that came from in this episode. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. So Megan is eventually going to be worn down here, and Megan agrees. She's <laughs> like, fine. Yeah. Fine. But Felicity needs moral support here, so she's going to go to Julian Elena, and she's going to convince them, like, we need a girls' night. Mm-hmm. pumping up air mattresses is simply not enough for three <laughs> college students this is not this is not it okay we need to go out <laughs> we should all follow megan yeah. that's her pitch mm-hmm. and i don't know how that works um yeah. i mean julie is full-on product placement mode bake lays all over this episode oh. uh yeah but okay. they agree all right so we're gonna get our little bathroom montage here oh my god this is my favorite it's so good right so the the song that we heard was called stay by gigolo ants and it's just fun there's just like a fun getting ready sort of this this happens you know like i remember this happening you know when you're all getting ready to go out and you've all got one mirror to to look into and everybody's trying to use it and shave and everything that has to happen to get ready. Yes. And this um, sort of like took me right back to like high school dances and like group dates and how we were to all just like pile, like we all would go over to one person's house and we would bring a number of different outfits mm-hmm. and then we'd all be trying on all the outfits. And then of course each other's clothes and we'd be doing our makeup and like three hours later, <laughs> We were ready for a date and um, I have to give major credit here to Felicity for pulling off red jeans because that's not an easy look. Um, It's just not. So, wow. uh, Yeah, they all have, well, they're all getting ready. It seems like they all have pretty different styles that they're going with. I feel like Elena, well, um, I guess we'll get there in a second because we see their full look. Yeah, I definitely have some stuff to say about everybody's looks. Okay, so we had from this montage, this fun, dancey montage to 
Felicity, there's a knock on the loft door and Felicity goes to answer it. And Javier's there who it's like, what's Javier doing at the loft? No. <laughs> um, but the and, second he showed up, I was like, he's going clubbing. Well, you know, we have to, we have to find a way here to get him to know where they're going. So he's going to show up at the loft. His intention is to try to get Ben because they're supposed to go out to go ring shopping. So he's, he's there at the loft to pick up Ben and he sees Felicity. So he's like, look at you, my little hot tamale. Yeah. (laughs) Well, she's all in red. She's got the, the red paisley strapless shirt. I mean, that is going to hurt by the end of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's got such a great back and like with the short hair and the red jeans. Now, unfortunately, Julie then comes up. Oh. And this is a nightmare. This this is rough. <laughs> um, this is two non-matching floral prints. And that is just not something you do. Um, Either one could be good with like something else. Mm -hmm. She's got a great necklace and she actually has this fantastic jacket that she puts on later. And because she's so petite, it looks really good. It's like sort of a big military aviator, like olive, maybe leather jacket. And it is so needed over the mess that is her outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Elena, she's looking fancy in that sparkly red dress. Uh, her hair is still not okay. I don't know why they just like kept going with this hairstyle. She's got herself a little shawl. I mean, you know, at one point Felicity will put on a matching red jean jacket which just ruins everything about her look um but for now we've got i would say like felicity at the top then elena then the unfortunate unfortunateness that is everything julia's wearing well i do have to say i mean obviously there's no way that i could have cataloged remembered or even described any of the things they're wearing but broad strokes i do remember thinking it looks like they're going to three different places. Yeah. Like Elena in particular, it looked like she could have just as easily gone to like a fundraiser benefit. Yes. She was very fancy in yeah. the sparkly red dress. But uh, So yeah. Javier's noticing all this, but he's also agape at the loft itself because he hasn't actually been inside it before. He's like, um, this, pl- you kids are living in this. Like this is living and Fliss is like, well, it's Sean's it's rent control. He's maybe uh-huh. rethinking that, that raise he offered her in season one for the green <laughs> card marriage. I don't know. Um, yeah, he's, he's, it, it's a good, I think it's a good reminder that we've never seen this character in this location before. Mm. So I appreciated that he had that moment of acknowledgement and that they built that in. Um, but when Javier sees Julie, he's like, he's, he's like looking at all of them. He's like, oh, all of you. And then he looks at Julie. He's like, you look taller. <laughs> <laughs> that's his, that's his uh, commentary on how they're looking. Um, but he makes it clear that he's waiting for Ben. Julie mentions that Ben's out for a run who, you know, he probably was just trying to get out of the apartment however he could. Um, and then Javier asks the very important question, where are they off to? 
Elena gives them flat out the answer. She says the T-Bone Club. And Javier looks shocked. (laughs) It's like the T-Bone Club? Really? And then everyone's face kind of starts to look like maybe tonight is not a good idea. (laughs) They're all suddenly rethinking their let's follow Megan plan as he's just like... Oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be okay. Have fun. I hope you're packing some heat. <laughs> yeah. And Felicity's like, what heat? What? Some what? She has no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which just goes to show you how, how uh, even through almost her second year in New York, she has somehow managed to stay sheltered to the Mm -hmm. point at which, even though she was held up at gunpoint, she doesn't know what the term packing heat means. Um, Yes, yes. And I do have to, I mean, look, I went over everybody else's outfit, so I have to go for Megan's. Mm. So straight hair, yes. Green eyeshadow, fantastic. She's now got the blood colored lipstick on that matches her nails. Mm-hmm. She's got a chunky silver necklace with a black top. I am in love with this coat thing. She's got kind of a sheer coat that it's it's got like feathers on the sides of it and kind of different sheer patterns as you go down the back of it. She's got like a shiny, uh, almost satin looking really dark red skirt with uh, like uh, like a belt with faux diamonds on it and black tights and this like diamond studded cross uh, shirt with other stuff going on and a giant large silver clutch and silver earrings. She is ready to go. Mm-hmm. She I mean, everything, like, she knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. She, she's ready to go to the T-Bone Club. Yeah. Yeah, she's ready. She's ready for this. By the way, uh, listeners, the, do you remember in the Mandy Foreman interview when she was talking about the people who were helping with all the, like, the makeup and the product, and they mentioned lip venom? Yeah. So, Fish, lip, lip venom is going to be a thing in season three for a scene. And I was just dying when she said that that was like their product. Um, bit of an aside, but this you describing her outfit just sort of made me think about some of the stuff that I have used that stuff. Mm-hmm. I It is. It's something. I'm not <laughs> sure if there's more. There's probably more than one brand of it. Uh, I'm guessing yeah. or I don't know. Maybe uh, it's I don't just know. one brand. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a thing on the show. So they basically right. were doing product placement for their own crew, which is cool. Um, yeah. Not in this episode, but no, it no. Just in this me- episode, they do a product placement. Remember the um, the hang the the things that Elena has over her eyes mm-hmm. when at the end. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they yeah. have that's where that's how we ended up on that topic. Right, right, right. Yeah. Love it. Well, we'll get there. Um, but yeah, so we're now going to go to Megan's world. Uh, yep. We were getting ready for Megan's world. Now we're in it. And they're yep. at first outside the club. It has and a definite vibe. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody's in line, people trying to get in. There's, there's, you know, a couple people guarding the door so people can't just walk in. And Earl, they're with Earl and we're going to find out Lulu. Yeah. If you don't recognize Earl, that is Kevin Weissman. Mm-hmm. And I just wrote down, is that Marshall from Alias? Sure. It is. Mm-hmm. That is a uh, very different role. Very, very different role. And also, Amanda Foreman's like when she was on Alias, Marshall plays her husband. Mm-hmm. So it's like a whole thing. Yeah. So this is a very different situation here. Earl obviously has connections in this club. So he talks to the guy who's who's managing who gets in and who doesn't. And I was calling him the bouncer, but that's not that's probably not the word it for is. it, right? It is yeah, the bouncer. It, yeah, they're both bouncers. Sometimes you can call them doormen, but for this, no, they're both bouncers. They're both bouncers. Okay. And I mean, it was very hard for me to look at this guy when the other guy was like a tank. Yeah. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, why can't we have more of that guy? Yeah. Like this scrawny, like weird dude is not necessary. I thought, I thought he had good reaction. We needed facial reactions for him throughout the episode. So he's he's playing hard to get but then he sees earl and he's like yeah yeah he and he lets him in but he lets in earl lulu and megan mm-hmm. and so you hear so and then he kind of puts the not the barricade but the, he puts the he hooks, rope. hooks the rope back up um to the stanchion and he, they're shouting for <laughs> julia lane and felicity are behind it shouting for megan like hey we didn't get in <laughs> And then Megan turns around, she grabs Earl and Earl, like the king that he is. I know. <laughs> Everything revolves around Earl. Yeah, he's, he's the man. Um, so he's like those three. And then they uh, they get let in to what appears to be like, so the T-Bone Club kind of looks like a fetish club. Um, it is a very weird club. It's sort of this like multi-tier industrial look inside with upside down umbrellas and Chinese lanterns hanging from a very high ceiling. Mm-hmm. And the clientele seem to range from like, yeah, there's like a S&M kind of vibe, but then there's also like uh, some guy with weird teeth and and ben franklin yes i was gonna say there's a guy with like (laughs) colonial era dress i was like that's where i got thrown off i was like okay like some sort of an snl no 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 no, because then there's ben franklin yeah it's like (laughs) it's it's basically seemingly you know there is a lot of leather there is a whip at one point but it seems like if you're let's say not mainstream Mm -hmm. in any particular kind of cool way that they deem cool Mm -hmm. you're getting in yeah yeah yep that's what it looked like i'm glad we both clocked the the ben franklin looking person um yeah i mean he was very hard to miss he just sort of walks out and i i think he's doing a drug deal i'm not quite sure hard to say um but it looks so much like a scene from Alias mm-hmm. because, you know, the, all of the brightly colored hair mm-hmm. that they then put on her at some points, um, 
I mean, I feel like this could have come directly out of out of Alias. Yeah. And they've got this house music. And I normally hate house music. I hate techno. Mm-hmm. But I actually really like this song. I don't know. Like, I, liked, I really, I got really into like it. the music that we heard. We were listening to the DVD version and the the song where they're actually dancing. I love, 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 love yeah. the song. Um, right it's now it's also... a little generic as they're just sort of walking in and we're getting a lay of, a lay of the land. Um, and if and... you were watching, if you're watching this streaming anytime around when we're posting this podcast, uh, I watched the DVD version and the streaming version and every song was the same between them. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, they're the same. Yeah. Um, so, and to be honest with you, I love the music so much in this episode, but I made an effort to like go and find out what the original songs were. And in pretty much all cases, I liked the DVD songs much better. Interesting. Um, but I, I only started looking that up uh, in the next scene where we see dancing. So me- I do think it's really interesting that once we are now in Megan's world, Megan sort of takes a new responsibility for her friends. Yeah. We're calling them her friends. Um, yeah. She turns like, to Felicity. Big sister. Yeah. She, she, there's big, big sister energy with Megan yeah. in this episode. And so she turns to Elena, Felicity, and Julie, and she's like, stay right here and don't eat anything anyone gives you. <laughs> now, what I find so funny about these scenes is that, you know, from the conversation that we had with Mandy yes, yeah, for, uh, for us yesterday, for you, it was probably about a week ago. Um, so we, she was saying, like, when you're in these scenes, the main characters are mic'd up. There's no music that's playing. They'll play like a little snippet of the song right beforehand. And then you'll go into it, you know, and everybody will be dancing and, and miming things. But think about that. Like they had to shout. <laughs> She's like, stay right here. You know? <laughs> like, can you even imagine like being on set and having to do that? And it would just, uh, so funny to me. Um, yeah, like as if you're talking over music that's not even there. I just can't with this. Um, so no, it's it seems concept. like such a weird experience. <laughs> the whole concept of it is so fascinating to me. Um, so anyway, any actors who are listening to this podcast, yeah, if you ever are in something, I live in LA. If you're ever shooting something where there's like a party <laughs> scene and you have some sort of a guest pass, <laughs> I would be so eternally grateful to be able to witness this play out. Uh, I'm, I just love it. I love it so much. Um, so while Megan's goes away to get something for them, which we find out is going to be drinks, the, the other girls make a rule. No thinking about the boys. No thinking about Ben. No thinking about Sean. No thinking about Tracy. That's it. That's the rules. Right. Yep. And uh, Megan's going to come back with some some green concoction in, like, the most unbelievably heavy stemware, which I don't understand at all. That I mean, everyone is going to be dropping stuff, and those glass shards are going to be super, like, dangerous. So... Also, it was probably expensive. So, you know, club owners tell us, like, 
I've never seen stemware like that in a club. Wow. Like, especially not one like this, um, mm-hmm. where people are dancing and it's dark. And <laughs> but we find out these are bonsai demons, which I then immediately had to look up. Um, and I found that they're normally called green demons, and they are a mix of uh, Midori, um, that's a lemon liqueur, vodka, white rum, lemonade, and a lime wheel. And it looks like theirs also has a cherry in it. And again, Megan has to scream over the non-music and and her advice to them is to drink lots of these. Mm-hmm. I mean, this first round's on Earl, so no That's skin right. off their backs. <laughs> 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 They're like, what is this? She's like, it's it's bonsai demons, but if you have to ask, just don't even, just don't. Yeah, just don't even, don't <laughs> she drink She just walks it. away from them. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get to see them tasting it and they all, so so it would have been really citrusy. Yeah, and uh, clearly quite strong because it's mm-hmm. lemonade added to taste. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was probably quite a lot of vodka and white rum. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think I think that the expression that we see on their faces is not, ooh, this was really citrusy. It's, ooh, alcohol is alcohol. burning my nose. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, well... We're going to go from here to the quiet night in that is Nolan Ruby watching a movie at the loft. So romantic. Ruby thinks this movie is so romantic. Yeah, they're piled up under a blanket. Fish, do you think the I wrote a fair to remember? That's exactly what I wrote. At like, okay. well, not wrote, but thought. But here's the thing. At the point at which they are talking about it, it's mm-hmm. the end of affair to an affair to remember, mm-hmm. and yet someone comes to join them for so like be more a movie. large part of the movie. So I was like, "That's, that's the problem I had with it sense. too," because I was like, "You wouldn't have that reaction to affair to remember until the end." Hey, spoiler alert for affair to remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, everything Ruby says, <laughs> pretty but, much. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense that there'd be a lot of movie left if, yeah. Uh, I also think it was, hey, let's forget about the name of the movie and just, like, have them watching something that we can have them talking about their own context. Yeah, so Ruby is contextualizing the film for us she's crying she's like after her accident he still wants to be with her i know yeah and i was like well it's because he's still in love with her he had and he's got the felicity stare on Uh-oh. you know he's just like he nothing else exists uh-uh. except for ruby get a hold of yourself Noel. um i'm i'm beginning to think that they don't work out Melissa. <laughs> her baby daddy just showed up. So what? There's so many problems with this. <laughs> I could have seen them working out. Okay. 
I mean, <laughs> but clearly know. they don't. Maybe slow your roll just a second. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it was a one night stand with some guy who she like wasn't even gonna tell. Sure, but with the byproduct of the one night stand is a baby that she's having, and the guy came to talk about it. <laughs> it's like maybe just hey, wait a minute to figure out what's happening. <laughs> And but she's coming on pretty strong to Noel. I mean, he does seem like he was trying to give her space. I guess so. But she's the one who's really laying it on thick for him. Yeah. And I think trying to get the Felicity stare. Well, we're having um, this whole conversation here. She's crying um, about the movie. He's like, it's because he's still in love with her that he still wants to be with her. And she's like, well, but it would be totally understandable if he walked away. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but then he'd regret it. And she just says wait a minute (laughs) what are we talking about are we still talking about the movie (laughs) (laughs) and then heads get closer and closer together their lips get closer and then sean Sean comes in (laughs) (laughs) this was this felt exactly like Sean walking in on pumpkin carving from season one. It's the Mm -hmm. bull in a china shop energy that we've been waiting for for a long, long time. Um, It's been a little minute, like a minute since we've seen this, but Sean interrupts them and just doesn't get it. He's He's going to sit down on the couch. He's going to ask for some blanket. He's going to stuff some baked legs in his mouth and say, got any dip yeah and this is not a far cry from oh chinese Chinese. food (laughs) from season one yeah if you've got a move you just got to keep using it you know if it worked the first time it can work again that's what i say thanks writers we love this fantastic Um, good job and it's awkward it's real awkward for nolan ruby here it's like this is not really what we thought was going to happen here for the rest of this film i mean in all fairness sean is giving up his bed and his bedroom for ruby mm-hmm. the the nice pregnant lady who they are making walk up like a ton of freaking stairs yeah yeah we're actually going to see the loft part of the loft <laughs> yeah. have we ever seen it bef- like that no. part of it before this no. episode yeah nope. cool um so that's the first view of that angle of the loft, which we'll see again in the future. Um, yeah, I have a few things to say about it. But Sean does, that's where he sleeps. And so that he let Ruby have that bed while she's staying with them, which is nice. I don't know where he is, where he's staying. It's unclear. I guess that's what the air mattresses are for. <laughs> uh, I think the air mattresses are are probably for the girls. Uh, yeah, he's probably okay. got a couch or he's crashing like with Ben in his bed because you know personal space isn't a thing for Sean. He can use Ben's sh- shaving cream or whatever toothpaste, yeah. toothpaste, toothpaste, and he toothpaste. can sleep in Ben's bed if he wants to. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we're gonna switch from this to a Ben and Javier scene. They're actually looking. They're looking at a. Are they? They're looking at a book of rings. Is that right? No, they're looking at a book of stones. Because Javier's going, I mean, that's why you look at the stones. He's picking out the stones separately, and then he'll have to pick out the setting for it. So he's basically creating a custom ring. Okay. 
So he's got one in mind and he's showing that over to Ben and he, and Ben's looking like, oh, I don't know about this one. And Javier's trying to figure out why he's like, what is it? Is it brazen? Is it garish? Is it chintzy? And Ben's like, yeah, that's the one a little chintzy. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> how do you get garish and chintzy? Those two things seem <laughs> very different. He was just trying to like find a word that Ben recognized. Um, <laughs> Ben's like that one. I know chintzy. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and this is where i wrote down ah ben is a good guy who does shitty things because he's such a good guy here you know he's sitting mm-hmm. here in the middle of the night this is a night shot in dean and deluca yeah helping javier with his custom ring i mean mm-hmm uh, and, and the shitty things being that he told on he he told Richard about Greg, yeah, or are you thinking something yeah. in this episode? Okay, no, no, no. I mean, he told Richard about Greg. He like yeah didn't kind of uh, follow through or like understand or respect like what Felicity needed. Yeah, you know, he broke her heart. <laughs> um, like he's done. He broke that kid. Like he's done some shitty things. Yeah. Um, like breaking the kid was not on purpose. I get that. But like it, he stalked her, you yeah. know, um, he's had this real frenetic energy specifically around Felicity and because of that around Greg. And I think also the gambling, you know, yeah. Well, and yeah. the stuff he did earlier, like, like he he's messed up yeah. quite a bit, he's quite a bit. All the fighting, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but he's then, you know, heart, there's this like, yeah. yeah, he is. I think I don't think he's a bad person. I think he is a good guy who just sometimes does shitty things. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So. This conversation is so hard. It's it's hard, but I also love Javier's line. Yeah. So they're looking at the rings, but obviously this is also affording them an opportunity to talk and they're in a private, you know, they're at Dean and Deluca. It's like you said, after hours. So it's just them. And Ben. So Javier says, you know, well, you, yeah, maybe you look for one for Felicity and Javier and Ben's like, no, 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 no. I'm, I've given up on that. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of getting, you know, he's, he's just sick of it. Um, yeah. He says, I, I've just given up. And Javier goes, no, you can't give up on diamonds. <laughs> he's like, no, you, I've given up on Felicity, the whole woman. Yeah. Um, and Javier, this is sort of borderline alarming to Javier, but he gets a little bit like mentor energy here. <laughs> like I, it's, it's like, Oh no, 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 no. I have to intervene. So he's, he's trying to intervene with words at first. And he's like, no, 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 Ben, she loves you. She's just afraid. Um, Which is what Ben said to her the other day. Mm-hmm. It's like, everyone sees it, but her. And then he's like, okay, well, maybe what I need to do is drop a little truth, a little current events for him. So Javier says, well, you know, Greg dumped her, Mm -hmm. you know, and Ben's like, what? And he's like, yeah, like a sweet hot potato. A yam. Yam. (laughs) (laughs) 
I just love this line, um, which is new information for Ben. But and he doesn't look particularly energized or happy. No, because he's still given up. But it's like yeah. Javier's trying to inject some hope here. And he's seeing it's not landing. He's seen that Ben really has given up. And so Javier's like, next next strategy, new level. Yep. Take Ben to T-Bone Club. So he's yep. like, you're Must. coming with me. <laughs> Must put them in the same room, club, area mm -hmm. together. Yeah. Yep. So we are now going to go back to the T-Bone Club. We are aware that Javier and Ben are on the way, but they're not there yet. And so we need to see what's going on for the ladies. And we get to the club. And we see Felicity, uh, Felicity, Elena, and Julie are sitting at a high top table having their drinks and looking on as Megan is dancing by herself on a pedestal. Well, she's to... up on a go-go dancing station. Okay. And okay. she's alone, but mm -hmm. obviously like when you go to clubs, you know, they can be in various forms. Some are just for one people, some are for two. This one's big enough for two. We'll see mm -hmm. later, but yeah. she's there alone for the moment and she's dancing on beat. She's dancing very she well. She sure is. And so the original song here, was supposed to be something from it, it, it's like a club remix from a song from Pumas that I didn't like at all and yeah. when I listened to it from the original soundtrack or from the original airing but what she's dancing to in the DVD and I guess the streaming version is a song by a group called Bubbles called Biddy Body Biddy Boo and it this is, is such a great song so freaking cool <laughs> <laughs> I, um, every, <laughs> everything, first of all, cause this song is long enough that it carries through not only for those who are dancing on the go-go pedestal or the go-go platform, but it's also still the song that the ladies are dancing to when Ben and Javier will walk in later. And it works perfectly for both. Yes. And it makes Megan look so cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't with that song, guys, bitty body, bitty boo from Bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I, for the most part, hate house music and techno. Mm -hmm. And this song was awesome. Yeah. I mean, if you guys liked Puma's Gonna Love You remix, I'm sorry. This is better. <laughs> Look, okay. I haven't heard that one, but I think it would be hard to top. This. I think I, it would be I'll hard to listen talk to this, it and it later. also has a very different vibe. It almost has like a dis it, a light disco vibe. And it's like no, 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 no. I agree. Unacceptable, um, <laughs> guys. Just watch a DVD version of this, please. Bubbles, bitty body, bitty boo. <laughs> or just play that song over the you That'll know original also. version. You can find this on YouTube. I promise you. I've tried. I've tried. I've found it. It's great. Um, and Felicity says exactly what I'm thinking in this moment. She's like, how come all of a sudden I worship her yep. <laughs> about me? Yep. It's like, maybe so. the like three or four, um, bonsai demons that you've had, but also amazing dancing on a go-go station in an amazing outfit, to just body, 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 body. <laughs> rocking it. 
I mean, everything is working for her. Um, but she's willing to get down off the go-go station because she she wants to go over to Felicity and tell her that, look, Earl wants to dance with her, but she doesn't think Felicity's going to do that because Felicity's a wuss. Yeah, she throws down a challenge. This is the gauntlet. Throw down. Oh, uh, my goodness. And Felicity's not taking that sitting down. She's like, ah, Absolutely. no, uh-uh. watch and learn. I'm doing this thing. Right. She's going to go right up on that same platform with Earl. Going to lift Earl up next to her. And, and she's just going to go at it. I mean, she's got this great dance move with her hands, like, over her head. Mm-hmm. And, and she's going to do that on a go-go platform, which made me a little worried that one or both of them would fall off mm-hmm. um but it's a hot move it's just you know i think she realized fairly quickly after that it was not the most stable one so she like turns around and you know dances with her back to him yeah and i have to say he danced very well too here yeah well he, everything that everything that earl did was amazing from like walking in the door and being like yeah he's speaking like <laughs> tongues or something he's got like another language that he speaks with the bouncer yeah uh, yeah don't adjust your whatever device <laughs> you listened to this on like he actually was speaking in a made-up language um i think he was just making noises or and, whatever uh, yeah yeah and uh everything he's, he's so perfect in this episode he really and is so and the way he's dressed is amazing because he's got like the Javier yellow glasses with, I don't know, it's it's still an industrial look. And it, it I feel like it could have very easily gotten to steampunk. They could have mm-hmm. thrown on a pair of goggles and it would have been awesome. Um, they didn't quite go there, but... Yeah, everything about his personality, everything about him, like, being the man of the club, everything about what he's wearing, like, uh, who isn't in love with Earl? Everyone's in love with Earl. Mm-hmm. Yep, I am. Cheers, three cheers for Earl in this episode. Everything he does, including his fight with Lulu later. Um, hip, hip, hooray! Yeah. Hip, 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 hip hooray. hooray! One more. Hip, hip, hooray! Hip, hooray! Um, we did it. So... <laughs> We're now going to see, because we know this whole time, as we're seeing all this play out, this awesome stuff playing out at the club, we know that Javier and Ben are on their way. They have arrived. They are outside at the same bouncer. (laughs) This bouncer, I can't with him. He's such a douche. Yeah. You know what made me crack up, though? Javier goes up to the guy. He goes, he and Ben go straight to the front of the line, and Javier holds up two fingers. He's like, two, please. Yeah. (laughs) that's not how this works really not how this works um like you're not ordering a table at a restaurant um that was so cute though and and javier is getting really frustrated with this guy he's like don't play mr unyielding with me like i have things to do inside the club you're ruining the whole show uh He's so indignant. Oh my goodness. And the bouncer says, well, 
if you're a guy, you have to have a date to get in. Which is not <laughs> what any bouncer ever says. This is not the rule. Yeah. No, the rule is if you're a guy, you have to have girls with you because guys buy girls drinks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So they like okay, specifically had to change this so that we could get our next moment. Yeah. Yeah. So Javi here is like, <laughs> you can see the wheels. You can actually see the wheels turning here for a second. He's like, yeah. so that's your rule, huh? So <laughs> just, he's like, okay. And he turns to Ben. He kisses him straight on the lips. And he says, Tuesday is our fifth month anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) And the bouncer's just like, all right, all right, fine. You got me there. (laughs) I gave you one job. You did it. Um, I don't know. I didn't like this because I don't, I guess in the nineties, like being gay was cool enough to get you into a club. It was sort of like a kink or something. And it's just like, really? I mean, really? Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't like that. I didn't like the fact that he was like, oh, you're gay. You're kissing another dude. You must be like an outcast and cool enough to get in. Ah. So I don't there know. You have it. Either way, guy lets him in. He does. Ben's, Ben's still so confused, by the way, through this whole thing. Like, he's like, why are we going through this whole rigmarole? <laughs> Can I just go home? Like he just has no context no. for what what they're doing at this. But location. how patient is Ben? Right? Yeah, he's like been dragged all the way up here, like kind of rejected, like kissed, and he's still following Javier into this club. I mean, I guess he's like in yeah. for a pound, in for was it in for a penny, in for a pound, or something like that? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So now we're inside the club and Biddy Body Biddy Boo is still playing. They get inside. Ben and Ben is finally like, what are we doing here? <laughs> it's just like, why, Javier? Why? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> Javier's desperately trying to scan the crowd to see if he can see the people he knows which and he never would have found in real life yeah and he so he does they apparently have direct eyeline <laughs> yeah direct eyeline and a spotlight yeah just like right over them in a completely dark club yeah. and I I love this moment because yes. Ben just stares at Felicity and Felicity Javier's like over there look over there we're gonna see all the girls dancing and now yeah but Ben is is direct eyes to Felicity Felicity is having a great time she is dancing to to this bubble song like none other and all like we start to see it from Ben's perspective at the moment and... where the song goes whoa whoa Yes, and you just which (laughs) which directly corresponds to Felicity shaking her ass in the red jeans, and his eyes are like glued. She's looking really hot right now. It's like ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Like they're all having a really good time. All the girls are having a lot of fun. Everybody seemed to know what song they were dancing to here, even though this is a different. I don't think it really mattered what they were dancing to. You had a beat. 
and that's all you need. Well, for the part where we're so very much looking at Felicity's dance moves, it really did need to line up, and you for mean me, it matched Felicity's perfectly. ass. Yeah, it, that, it, you it, just need something that's going to be like, <laughs> this is sexy. Like, yeah. you need music. The music that was hot. This. The music yeah. was hot, and, and it fit with the stare, and it fit with the dancing and i can't say enough good stuff about this song and it's interesting because like ben like you said he's staring he's i I put a gape he's just like yeah Yeah. (laughs) like that like slight gasp for air but then he looks down again yeah it's like oh man for a second she sees him Mm -hmm. and everybody sees him and they're all pointing at him yeah lana points (laughs) out Ben to Felicity and Felicity's like, oh god, this guy. Um, <laughs> and then Ben looks down. Yeah. And it's just like, oh man, we're back to this. But Javier's leading on himself up. a little. Yeah. Yeah. Javier's not gonna, he's not gonna take that. He's mm-hmm. gonna grab both of them. He's gonna pull them outside. Yeah. And Felicity is gonna look slightly less hot now that she has put on the matchy matchy red jean jacket. Um, which is just way too much. Um, And Javier's like, look, I love you. I love you. Nobody loves you more than me. Please just talk while Mm -hmm. I go imbibe more Midori lemonade, vodka, and white rum. Okay. A lime wedge. He wants one of those bonsai demons. Because they're delicious. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is, you know, okay. So this whole chat that we're going to get, we're going to get more than one little scene here with Felicity and Ben having this same conversation outside the club. In this first one, it's very awkward, but it's like Felicity's a little drunk mm. and Ben is not not drunk at all and just figured out why he's even there. Like he, it's like, what do I even say? I have given up on this. (laughs) Like, I I don't know that Ben certainly doesn't have a plan for this moment. And Felicity does not have the wherewithal to have a plan. Yeah. I feel so bad for Greg throughout this whole conversation. Yeah. So so Felicity is the one who breaks the ice. And frankly, she kind of has to, because I mean, Ben did not have a plan for this. And Felicity <laughs> doesn't have a plan either, but at least she's got lowered inhibitions. So she's like, you know, I'm glad you apologized to Greg. Didn't tell you that before, but I am. Not because she actually cares about Greg, but because it makes Ben a better person that she can date. Yeah, that that tracks for me. And then he's like, well, you know, it was screwed up what I did. Um and he just kind of acknowledges that and he's like yeah i deserve to get punched yeah uh, that was warranted Fair and enough. then he said does is he the one that says I, I heard that you broke up uh i think so and she and she just kind of she doesn't directly say yes but she shrugs in a way that it's like uh uh-huh, yeah dangerous topic um and Ben says, well, if I knew that was going to happen, I would have hit him back. And Felicity just That's, has like, yeah, she just she has like laughs. a genuine laugh with that. And I wrote cringe because 
You ruined his life. You yeah. stole his girl and you outed his, you know, former cocaine habit and you would have punched him back and Felicity finds it funny. Like, mm-hmm. screw you two. I mean, you deserve each other. Y'all Oof. suck right now. Tough words. Tough words from our cynic. Remember, guys, this is my love letter. This is in fish. Sometimes might have takes like this. It's okay. It is okay. I understand what you're saying here. I have nothing against Greg. Um, I feel like this probably would have landed better for every other person who listened to who who watches the show who hates Greg. Like I, but like poor Greg, right? Or Greg, yeah. Like you and I, we've we've had a lot of sympathy. I guess if you're everybody else who <laughs> hates Greg so much, then you would laugh too. I don't know. Um, yeah. It's a, you know, but it's this much. She's, she's kind of relaxing into the conversation. And when she does, he does too. So now it feels as though they've kind of, uh, I don't know if they've broken the ice in this conversation, but it's a little thawed. So that's a good start. Um. And we're going to go back inside the club where Javier is having a a very, you know, relaxed conversation with someone that he knows while drinking his his bonsai demon. Mm-hmm. And we flip over to her and it is this gorgeous blonde named Bijou. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bijou answers in a very deep male voice. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Um like trans drag queen i don't know yeah we're not um sure. we don't know the personal pronouns of this person or even if they would have had personal pronouns at that time what i do know is i am gorgeous of that entire look mm-hmm. and uh and it also was a little weird that like they knew each other I mean, come on. There's such yeah. a small like LGBTQ plus community in New York City that I guess they they're gonna find each other in this club. Yeah. It's interesting to think that Megan and Javier have shared connections, but it actually I can see how we get there. Um but you know, maybe Bijou's really been out and about and is no, like a known figure and I don't know. Um but Megan comes up and she's trying to find Felicity. So she's asking Javier where Felicity is and she sees Bijou. And I, I just really liked the touch of Megan being like, hi, Bijou. And, you know, Bijou knows Megan. And I, I just, it's another reminder, like this is Megan's world, you know? Except that as soon as Megan walks away, Bijou's like, I don't know what's up with her. And Javier says, yeah, she scares me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a universal opinion, I guess, <laughs> Megan. <laughs> but we're breaking through that in this episode, I, I want to say. Yeah, I um, so we get back to Felicity and Ben close well, talking. Well, so Megan club. asks, where are Felicity? Like, where's Felicity? And so Javier says she's outside talking mm-hmm. to Ben. And this is where Megan gives off more big sister vibes. And it's like, I got to go break that up. Yeah. So we know that Megan's on the way here when we cut to outside and we see that Finn, Felicity and Finn. What did I do just now? Finn? Who said Finn? Fen. Oh, Finn. Oh, I, that's not a thing. Name. Guys, that's not a thing. Wait, it, Fenicity is over. Now it's Finn. 
We can't. I'm sorry, everybody. I apologize that I just put that out in the universe. Felicity and Ben are outside the club, but they're so close talking now. So we, the ice was thawed as we left them. And now (laughs) it's like, oh my God. Um, But again, Felicity's drunk, Ben's not, but Ben is going to try to plow into like a serious conversation here. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what, I mean, so Ben turns around and he's like, you know, all that stuff I said outside the loft, it's not true. It's not about the chase. It's not a pattern, but like what I underlined here is Ben in, in sort of trying to get back with Felicity is like, Hey, remember when I hurt you? Um, I was also lying to you. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> This is, a, this is a hard conversation. Like it's an awkward conversation. It's one of those conversations. Like you don't even really know how Felicity is going to absorb all of this with the mental state that she's in at the moment. Like she, it's just, this really isn't the time um to for him to have this type of conversation but it's also like when else is he going to have the opportunity javier specifically orchestrated them having a moment so they could have a conversation like this felicity is listening to it she's not just like up and running away from the conversation so ben's look sometimes it takes a couple drinks um you know none Mm -hmm. of them are blackout drunk yeah she's had some drinks she's been dancing yes she's small and those drinks are large but like she's coherent i get the sense the next day that she remembers all the stuff that happened so you know she's still in that space um so i I think she's just more open yeah i get i think the fact that she hasn't kicked him to the curb told him to leave the club and gone back inside is as much encouragement as he's you know probably going to get at this moment um but it is more hope than he had a night ago Mm -hmm. and this will be interrupted by megan parading the rest of the girls past them and whisking felicity away which look this is not easy to do to keep track of multiple people at a club <laughs> like this and then to like gather them all up to go to another location like Megan she had committed. to put in effort yeah and she's like uh we're going to earl's bye ben yep i mean you could just hear that the word ben was not ben which yeah. she really meant was bye bitch yeah yeah and ben's like Bye. Yeah. I was like, oh, I so needed to have that conversation. But uh, unfortunately, violating the no Ben, no Tracy, no Sean rule, Felicity will make a loose agreement with Ben to meet up later. And what I put here is finally Ben's smile is back. Yeah, this is okay let's see there's certainly more hope there right there now than there was last night Mm -hmm. um and okay you know there's something there's something i can do here that maybe so we're gonna cut to yet another convenience store shot 
which I mean, it's definitely a different convenience store okay. than okay. we've seen before. I think we've seen at least three different convenience stores or the same exact convenience store, but they just like rotated the, the angle, <laughs> the tables <laughs> and the, that, the display cases. Uh, um, but, but, we're gonna... <laughs> but I mean, I feel like this is what happens, right? Mm -hmm. At some point you, you're at a club and then you're either at a convenience store or like a grocery store, like somewhere you got to get snacks before you head to someone's house. Like this mm -hmm. is just the way the night goes. Yeah. And we get to learn a little bit more about Megan here. She's into sci-fi, just like Earl. Or, or her folks are, you know, like the, the Earl and Lulu are having a fight, which is actually just Earl having all of the dialogue. If you yes. notice, Lulu doesn't have a single word. She just yeah. stands there and takes she's it. Off, she's off screen. <laughs> yeah. And Earl's like trying to get the last word in. And he's like, Lulu, science, miniaturization, <laughs> robotics. <laughs> well, he's talking about nanotechnology, which actually... I mean, this is definitely J.J. Abrams, right? Everything yeah. he's talking about is still an issue for all of us. He's talking about like international consensus on like, you know, technology and all this stuff that actually is a very real scientific debate. And Megan is just like, you, you tell her, go over Don't there. Tell her, Earl. <laughs> yeah. And then leans in and is like, ah, oh, Megan's a real person because she leans in and is like, Earl and Lulu used to date. Yeah. And she's all the a girl's like, oh, yeah. got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Just like everyone else. Yeah. The, the fights come in different forms, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Elena and Julie are going to go to another aisle to go get the snacks that they want which allows Felicity and Megan to have a moment to themselves. And Felicity is going to thank Megan for taking her away from Ben because you know she forgot for a second mm -hmm. what this night was all about. That's right. Yeah. She's like, about you know, not Megan, thinking about boys. Yeah. And it's about buying giant canisters of cheese, cheese balls. Yeah. And Felicity was like, you know, Megan, you probably don't get it, but unless you felt that way about somebody and Megan's like, stop, but, 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 stop right there. You just stop, okay? Because I have a Ben. Now, yeah. Fish, walk me through what happens from here. Uh, this whole scene just, like, ripped me to shreds. Um, and I'm not a particularly, like, emotional person especially when it comes to like tv and movies i don't really cry i don't really whatever but i don't know mandy foreman is a genius and she she just i don't know she got to me here she she does say i had you know i have a ben it's greg you know, that guy you've been dating bum, bum, and like, uh, so of course uh having said his name he will now enter the exact convenience store this is that they're all convenient in. indeed huh mm. yes mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. let's put that away though for a moment <laughs> <laughs> that's just all can we all agree can just ignore 
the fact that this is so unlikely timing, (laughs) but, but I, I'm willing to put that away. Fish, are you? I am. Okay. Let's get into it. Yeah. And you know, so Megan sees him and she's like, this is my shot. I'm going to go talk to him. And Felicity's like, we just broke up. (laughs) And Megan's like, I know he's vulnerable. Um, and so Felicity hides behind the aisle so that Greg can't see her. And Megan walks off with all the confidence in the world and says to Greg, hey. And Greg's like, hey, Megan. She's like, we're married. <laughs> Greg's like, uh... What? What? She's like, yeah. Uh, Remember in elementary school, we were standing in a sandbox and we got married. I I was fat. I I was, I was very fat. And the (laughs) Craig is slowly recognizing. He's like, oh, you're Megan. You're Megan the, from Ashburton Elementary. Ugh. Yes. You, <laughs> you are my fat first wife from first grade. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and I love the lines here. Uh, Megan looks looks at him and she's she's gonna shoot her shot as she is. You know, she makes no changes to her parents, like no, nothing, right? And she just looks at him and says, want to find a sandbox? And he just kind of laughs and he's like, that's funny. And then she just like drops every wall that she has up. And there's this intense look of vulnerability on her face. And she says, no, really. Do you want to find a sandbox? And, and like, just the fact that she was willing to do that is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then Greg's response isn't even, you know, I was just in this relationship, you know, da 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 da. It's not you, it's me. He's just like, oh, I'm not interested. Yeah, but he's, then, he's a bit more stammering about it. He's like, oh, I, I just, I just not, I'm not interested. Yeah, like. Mm not cutting that with anything just pure and then megan's like you know (laughs) had to ask right Mm -hmm. uh makes a i think a very witty joke on her way back to to the hiding felicity Uh, i'll have my lawyer get in touch with you about that alimony yeah uh, awkward. Gets, yeah. I know it's awkward. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's and then she gets back to Felicity and she just looks at her and, you know, M- Megan has put up all these walls with Felicity and therefore us as mm-hmm. the audience. Mm-hmm. And she just breaks them all down for that, that, you know, vulnerable moment. And then this next line, which is 
now it's your turn to take me out. And like, I was getting a little choked up there. Like, it's just so heartbreaking. And she goes from like, I don't know, this like impenetrable Megan, like, and throughout this episode, it's like, wait, they're getting into her world. She's being like sisterly. And now she's like, completely been vulnerable and is relying on felicity and it's just heartbreaking and and admittedly felicity's probably not the person you ask for like what's the happen in place to be tonight but felicity is like okay uh i do do know of one party and she Mm -hmm. says it and she's like (laughs) it's probably not your seat but hey I know of this one. wasn't this wasn't Felicity scene. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if getting if Felicity getting herself into Megan's world made her stop thinking about Ben, maybe getting Megan into Felicity's world will make her stop thinking about Greg. Yeah, of course. It isn't the best place to not think about Greg. No. No. So. Th- Epstein bar, yeah. you know, here, we're going to go back to Epstein bar for another, I guess, one of many Richard is president party <laughs> nights. <laughs> yeah. This seems to be like an ongoing thing. Yeah. With you the... get the feeling that he's really been like patting himself on the back here quite a bit for being becoming the new president. Although There's... he is co-president. Let's he's remember co-president. he's not yeah. going to say it, but we get a great shot of Dick smoking a cigar. As Wearing we walk his free in. pizza Friday shirt. And there's yep. like, is it mambo music playing it's in the background? Latin, yeah, it's Latin music. I was yeah. like, this is not Richard. Like, I don't know what the original music was, but it can't be this, right? It can't be. I don't know. I think it makes just as much sense as anything else that could have been playing. But like, it <laughs> seems all just so he's I feel not. like it would have been like, <laughs> I don't know, par- like white boy party music, like Blink-182. And I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like, latin music is not richard it's not but i feel like all his dance moves line up pretty well with the style so it's like true he does uh, a little like it feels like he's just this guy who picked mambo music of some sort (laughs) um with the cigar and the free pizza it's a it's a bit of a hodgepodge of ideas and that feels right for the kind of party that richard might throw but you know the ladies are all dancing they're out on the floor they're at party number two yep and megan and felicity decide to take a beat so they sit in a booth and richard comes up and he's he's you know trying to engage them he's trying to get them to dirty dance with the new president Mm -hmm. don't be fooled by the aura of power it's still him yeah still me richard yep they're like and they're just basically laughing at him and then they just decline <laughs> yes Felicity's like yeah we're good mm-hmm. <laughs> yep yep so um you know we get from this point forward in the episode we get so many cool like speeches and moments. well really including the one that you just covered with with Megan talking to Greg um but Felicity and Megan have this moment where Megan's having this realization. She's like, you know what? We don't need men. We've we can have a kick-ass time without guys. And Felicity just keeps chiming in with like, yeah, 
yeah. <laughs> and Felicity's like, and you know, she's had a few more drinks. So she's yes. like, she's yes. a little further progressed than she was the last time she was talking. She's like, we've accomplished a lot this year. We're RAs, for example. <laughs> and Megan's like, yeah, damn good ones. Damn good ones. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, clearly, I don't know what happened. I mean, they're, they've ditched. No, yes. Earl came with them. No, Earl came with them. He is there at the party. We do see him dancing. So they decided not to go to Earl's place. Mm-hmm. And, and they instead brought Earl to Richard's party. Yeah, which I find amazing. Yeah, because Earl's also just dancing like whatever. Mm hmm. And remember, when they're reflecting on how good of RAs they are, they've still abandoned <laughs> their entire resident yes. population. Yes. Who maybe they're still, I don't know, maybe they're still on the floor of the I'm cafeteria, assuming. or maybe they've just gotten back into the dorm, but whatever. Well, um, if they'd just gotten <laughs> back into the dorm, Felicity and Megan could have gone back to their dorm. And and do you know what? They don't care about any of it. No. <laughs> Not even a little. So they point that out. Megan's like, yeah, oh. damn good ones. And then Felicity's like, and also, hello, I ran for student council. And <laughs> goes, lost. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, true, true. But the point is, <laughs> win or lose, we survive. And then we get to the, the where the title comes in in this episode. Megan's like, yeah, we're sisters doing it for ourselves like Aretha Franklin. Yeah, this is the most perfect title of an episode that comes from a drunken discussion. It's... Like if you have a drunken <laughs> discussion and then name your night mm-hmm. based on something, this is exactly what would happen. So it's very meta, very on point. I love it. Does this... it make any sense with actual yes. uh, Aretha Franklin? No. Um, no, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This really tracked for me having the experience of watching two drunk people in this episode as this person who was sober. This is exactly like every college party I ever went to where I was the only (laughs) sober person and I'd be listening to people having, like, I was always trying to figure out at what point do I leave before this gets really messy. And I would like (laughs) listen to conversations and it was always stuff like this. Where yeah. somebody would be like, elephants, yeah? <laughs> like, and then like somebody else would have like a real moment of understanding about the elephants and they laugh between themselves. And it's just like, that actually does make a lick of sense. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I could always gauge where people were by yeah. like conversations like that. And uh, this just made a lot of sense for me. <laughs> Yeah, look, we've all been there in one in one way or another, uh, mm-hmm. either sober looking in or drunk not looking out because we don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had so many conversations like this, some of which I remember, some of which I don't, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um, they're fun. Uh, they do nothing for you later, but hey, it's fun. That's what it is. 
Well, we're going to head from this festive atmosphere to a very quiet scene between Ruby and Noel. They're at the loft. Very they're... upsetting scene. Yeah, they're they're up they're upstairs in the loft. They're in the loft part of the loft. And um, gosh, Noel Noel is it's awkward. Like Ruby's sleeping up here, but it's not where Noel was meant to be sleeping. And you know, Noel's kind of like bringing up Wade, and Ruby doesn't really want to talk about Wade. So Noel's like, "Well, what do you want to talk about?" And they kiss. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with any of that. Um, I have a problem with the fact that there is a bike in the loft, like of all the places Mm -hmm. to put a bicycle upstairs, like a revolving, you know, staircase that you have to come down. Plus this is Sean's room. So this is Sean's bike. Have we ever seen Sean ride a bike? Is there a bike helmet? No. But are we 100% sure this isn't Felicity's bike that she's brought with her to the loft? Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, boy. Um, Um, No. Do not put your bike up all those like floating stairs the circular staircase the winding staircase oh my god why Mm -hmm. why why i was so upset i was so upset wow i didn't even care that there was a giant conch shell just sitting on the like bookcase fine but the bike okay not having it I hear you. Not having it. Fish is putting her foot down. Um, All right. Okay. Well, we're going to move from that. (laughs) Someone's going to break their neck bringing it down the stairs. I'm just saying. We're going to lose a cast member that way. And if we don't, it's not reality. Okay. I see. All right. Well, that's spoiler for you, but that's fine. Um, So maybe Don Mulcahy comes back. breaks his neck on some other mode of transportation mm-hmm. um wow so okay we're gonna now go are we outside of dean and deluca on a stoop i mean we're definitely on a stoop somewhere i don't i don't know if it's outside we're dean not DeLuca. Sure where it is. it's javier and ben sitting on this stoop in some undisclosed location within <laughs> the city um yes. i think it's um it's the place that we've now decided is Nolena's apartment. But remember, we said there are just places we can't always pinpoint. There are a lot of stoop talking scenes yeah. in this show. So I guess this this is one of them. Maybe it's always love, the same stoop. Hard to say. <laughs> I love this scene. Yeah. Javier's practicing his proposal for Samuel on Ben. He's doing like a run through. Mm-hmm. Um, very sweet. Yeah, he gets like midway through and just as he's like, will you marry me? A dog walker walks past. (laughs) A lady walking her dog. I wonder, it feels like, yeah, that must've been built into the script. Um, And so they just kind of (laughs) pause and then Ben agrees and 
And he says something really sweet to Javier here. Like Javier's like, do you really think, do you really think Samuel will say yes? And Ben's like, well, if he's smart, he will. And Javier melts. <laughs> he melts into a puddle and then the puddle reaches up and hugs Ben who is still uncomfortable with a gay man's touch, but we're going to just slide right past that. Um, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a cute moment. Obviously, like, it's the sweetest thing you've ever said to me. And, and it wasn't even Ben trying to be sweet. It was just like, so like, deli- you know, he just delivered it and yeah, that's how we Javier felt. melted. Um, and then, you know, but Ben has some stuff on his mind here and he's like trying to figure out Javier and Samuel's relationship. And he's, just, I mean, are you, so you and Samuel, you're happy, right? And Javier's like, yeah, but not always, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think this is like a teachable moment where it's like, okay, well, let me tell you a little bit about my experience. Maybe it'll inspire you a little bit for Felicity, but he, um, Javier tells a story about how he cheated on Samuel once. He's like, we had our dynasty moments. I played Alexis. <laughs> Ben's laughing about this. And he tells a story of, you know, I did cheat on Samuel once with this guy named Otis. He was the, he was the water delivery boy. He was a water delivery guy. Yeah, um, fuck you, Otis. <laughs> Not cool. Not cool. Um... Ben's like, okay, so what happened? Well, Ben at this point is like, all right, so there was mistrust. Like, I mean, at this point, it's very clear that he's trying to figure out what he can do to get through to Felicity. Mm-hmm. And he's seeing like Javier and Samuel's relationship as being, you know, pretty solid and what he Most wants. Solid relationship he knows. Yeah um which is saying a lot saying something you know like (laughs) goodness who can he look to for example of like a healthy happy relationship not his parents not not felicity's parents you know like it's it's just like who does you know with julie's got some baggage there you know like it's just elena's parents aren't so yeah see like i mean there's just nobody here so um he's got there's some information to be had in this conversation for Ben. And he's like trying to figure out, well, you're right. Like, how is he going to get through to Felicity and Javier saying, you know what? I'm not going to tell you that part of the story because, you know, you have to figure out every man has to figure out his own way. You have to find your way to show your true love. Mm -hmm. Um, Like this is a customized experience. (laughs) Uh, but I guess he sort of gets the wheels turning here a little bit. Yep. Um, it's a good moment in general. I mean, not all of it, but, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's men helping men. And it's really great. And this is an important resource for Ben, too, right? I mean, Sean has been helpful to Ben recently. Has he? <laughs> I mean, recently, I feel like Sean's been trying, but I think Javier is able to present a very different angle on this for Ben. Well, and also Javier isn't shooting a documentary while Mm -hmm. trying to get like the ending right. So his motives aren't completely in question. 
Yeah. Yeah. And Javier is certainly an advocate for this relationship, but, um, and he's dropping a lot of really important information to push it forward in his own way, the same way that Sean has been doing, but it's like, I think his main thing with Ben here is like, how do I just re restore some amount of hope? That That's really the only thing he can do in this episode, you know, cause Ben had lost hope completely. So it's like, well, well, I think he's had his hope a little bit restored by that conversation. And the fact that she's going to meet up with him later. And so yeah. now he's like, well, crap, she's going to meet up with me later. I've already said a bunch of stuff and she got real mad. So now what do I do? I mean, this is really Ben digging as deep as he can. Like it, it's, it, he's working very hard to figure out how do I, how do I do this? You know, I like the opportunity is there, but what am I going to do with it? And I see, I see him taking it very seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately though, (laughs) we are going to head back to Richard's party where all the ladies are now in the booth. So Elena and Julie have joined Felicity and Megan. And this is, this is not cool of Julie, Megan and Elena. This is cool. Well, this is also very much like they've been drinking. So that's the point. Like, look, girl code friends. Don't let friends drunk dial. It's much easier with cell phones. So I figure if she had to get up and go to a booth, Mm-hmm. much easier to stop like yeah. this is this is not okay like if she was going to the bathroom one of you should have gone anyway mm-hmm. uh she says she's going to take care of this no 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 you don't let your friend go do that mm-hmm. this is when you take their cell phone away okay. slash stand bodily in front of <laughs> the phone booth or take all their change yeah like, well, I like that. What is wrong with your friends? I like that Fish is giving us the like real life PSA here. I what love Julie in this scene, though. <laughs> <laughs> I love everything about Julie in the scene. So Julie says to Felicity, wait, 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 aren't you supposed to meet up with Ben? And then Megan's like, no, you're not. No, Ben. And Elena's like, no, Ben. And then Julie's like, no. <laughs> like, reversing course completely from where she just was when she opened up a dead conversation and then this is like I don't need Ben and she has this whole realization meanwhile reason number two I love Julie in this scene they have snacks on the table and all of them are like reaching for the snacks but Julie's actually eating them them. yeah she's just downing pretzels bless Amy Jojo like every time there's an eating scene she seems to be actually eating like yeah. oranges pretzels whatever Pizza. they give her cereal it's yeah. amazing <laughs> I love it so much <laughs> well and now I notice it and I'm like you know Elena doesn't really eat stuff either no she doesn't she reaches she like kind of has her hand hovering around the bowl of snacks and then at the end, she reaches into the bowl, but she never actually takes a bite. Um, 
I know guys, this is, this is not the biggest thing that happens in this episode. Okay. I get it, but let's just hear it for Amy Jo Johnson. Can we? Um, yep. Yep. So Felicity comes away from this, you know, this round of no's that she gets. They're like, this is a no Ben night. So Felicity has a moment of realization. I don't need Ben. I don't, I don't need Ben. I've got to go. <laughs> Julie gets up and lets her out. Felicity. Oh, it, this is it's so not it's so not cool your no. friends should be protecting you i know this is a really really hard message um felicity has to sort of bounce through all the people who are still dancing in the party including earl yep <laughs> she finds her way to a phone booth inside the building inside Epstein bar which yeah i could see that yeah and she leaves well, first of all, she's going to call Ben or Sean, Ben and Julia's place. She's going to get the outgoing Blumberg Productions message. Blumberg Productions. Yeah. If you'd like, <laughs> if you'd like to reach Sean, press one for his assistant, Ben. <laughs> he has a number for Julia. And then at the end, he's like, creditors, press four. Press four. <laughs> um. She presses her button for Ben and she gets Ben's outgoing message and then she leaves hers. I wrote this down word for word. Read it. Um, because this is painful. <laughs> it's, it's rough. I just wanted to call because I'm not going to meet up with you tonight. The thing is, I don't need you. We cannot hang out tonight or ever. We can't be together because I don't trust you. We'll never be able to change that, to go back and change all that stuff that's happened. I'm not going to let you screw up my life again. I think that you and I need to not see each other at all, even as friends until we're way past all this stuff. I wrote to myself, sobering up. Even though we're living in the same place right now. So I'm going to move out tomorrow. I wrote to myself, sobering up again. <laughs> yeah, that base, that's basically why I'm calling you. Because you and I, we can never really be. She hangs up. She kind of falls back against the phone booth. And she's fully sober now. <laughs> no, it's like, she is not oh. fully sober at all. A, she has realized. said, she said all this stuff. And then she physically like falls to the floor like she crumples in this in this booth but i absolutely don't think she's sober at all no she's not sober but i think the word i want here is like she realizes about halfway through this message that she shouldn't be leaving this message and she just keeps talking i don't think so i think she is leaving this message she's realizing the gravity of it ah and you know she's that's kind of what makes her fall to the floor is like she's breaking her own heart um because i don't think she realizes it until her revelation the next morning with Mm. megan in the bathroom 
It's interesting. I'd be curious to hear from listeners what you think you were seeing with that message she was leaving. Because Fish, it, it sounds like you're feeling like she was, she felt like she was doing the right thing, but she realized the gravity of it. I yeah. felt like about halfway in, she realized she probably shouldn't be leaving this message, but she was like unable to stop the words from coming out of her mouth and it got worse and worse. Um, I don't she know. Hasn't I had, she hasn't had the, the revelation she needs to mm-hmm. yet in order for her to realize she can be with Ben. Okay. Okay. Gosh, it's just, man. I mean, at she, the way she's delivering, leaving this message, she's talking very searchingly. But if you just look at, if you just read it with a flat delivery, as I know I just did, it's rough. It would be a really hard message for Ben to hear. You know, it's I mean, just like, there is yeah. no hope anywhere ever in the words she chooses there. It's like so final. But she's also clearly drunk. And yeah. like you have to take anything left when someone's that drunk with a grain of salt. Um, well, I don't know, right? I mean, there's the there's the do you take it with a grain of salt, or is this what she's really thinking and she's just willing to say it now? I mean, I But that's the thing, you don't know. Yeah. Because people say some stupid stuff when they're drunk. They sometimes they have conversations about elephants that seem real serious. So sometimes, yeah, or, um, or Aretha Franklin. Yeah. So sometimes I... they think they're damn good RAs while <laughs> abandoning their entire entire floor. It's true. Of freshmen. Yeah, it's true. So that happens, and we're gonna cut to the next day. And this is where I think. Her realization comes in okay so, we, so we're, we're back yeah we're back in the tiniest bathroom <laughs> in the world in the loft uh, that needs to be renovated yeah and megan and felicity are bonding over the fact that they have a hangover but it was still a good night out mm-hmm. yeah and felicity is brushing her teeth and she's just like sort of dropping little one word moments about the night she's like aretha (laughs) (laughs) she's just kind of remembering the good stuff um like they're they're agreeing it was fun megan sort of stops the presses though she says you know what i was thinking though when we don't need men is exactly when we should get together with them you know what i mean and this Felicity, is a total turning point here. Yeah, Felicity is trying to brush her teeth and has toothpaste all over her face. And with the toothbrush sticking out of her, her mouth, she's like, yeah. And she takes the toothbrush out. She's like, yeah, I think I do know what you mean. Um, and I love, again, I love Megan in this scene. They're giving her something completely different. She's in this very thin, like pink, uh, I don't know, night dress. Um, She's taken all of her makeup off. Mm -hmm. She has all these freckles. Mm -hmm. It's like she's completely stripped down. Mm -hmm. And she turns around to Felicity 
and it's just like you have toothpaste all over your face she's exactly the same person (laughs) i love that she's the same person like in her armor and out yeah but and and that is hits even harder because in the middle of all that felicity is having this whole speech about what she just realized from the thing megan just said she's like ah you're right it's me i couldn't trust it wasn't about Ben it was about me I thought I couldn't handle Ben but I can I got over him at the beginning of this year so I know I can do it it's proof I'm ready for this that's what you're saying and Megan's just like really though toothpaste yeah mm-hmm. because you know all those people like Ben and Javier who kept saying Felicity scared mm-hmm. or directly to Felicity you're scared and mm-hmm. that's what's holding you back here uh felicity is having her toothpaste breakout moment of hey i'm scared realization you know but guess what i survived like aretha franklin mm-hmm. when ben broke my heart earlier and i can survive him again because you know i am able to be on my own mm-hmm. like it's not going to kill me and it's worth it. You know, it's like she doesn't need Ben to survive, which is why she's ready to be with him. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what she says. Great news. Except. uh Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, Oh, hold up. I gave the opposite message (laughs) last night that last night I thought something else Mm -hmm. and I now realize that that is not true. And I am going to like run at breakneck speed. She like vaults across the couch. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to just like jump over Elena and desperately, you know, try to delete delete this message. message. Yeah. Elena is confused about all this. She's extremely hungover. She's wearing the eye patches that we talked about before. And um, Sean sees this whole thing go down. And he's he's eating some cereal at the table. He sure is. And it's his loft. (laughs) Sure is. And Sean's like, hey, uh, yeah, Ben already heard that message. Last night before you guys got home. And he took off and I haven't seen him since. Uh, right. All of us have that uh, I know. reaction, including Felicity, to be honest. Which is why you don't let your friends drunk dial. Yeah. So the phone rings. Sean picks it up. Turns out it's going to be Wade and he's looking for Ruby. So Sean goes up the loft stairs. To bring the phone to Ruby. And when he arrives at the top, he sees Nolan, Ruby. And a bicycle. And so Nolan, Ruby are in bed. There's a bicycle. And Mm -hmm. did you see the fish pillowcases? Yes. I was like, oh, and it's not just the pillowcases. It was all the sheets. That's right, guys. Fish bed, bed set. I was in the bed with noel and ruby whatever that means. staring at the bike all <laughs> night long 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. I could not believe that's the betting. Um, <laughs> so Sean is taken a bit off guard by the fact that they're in bed, but they're both clothed and they look like they've been, I don't know, just having a lazy morning. And uh, he gives the phone to Ruby. He goes, who goes you know, down the stairs to get some privacy and Sean asks Noel if they had sex. Noel says they didn't. And I don't know if I believe him. I wasn't watching because, again, the bike. Um, but I don't know if I believe them. I also feel that Sean is is very um, justified in asking whether these two people just had sex in his bed. Because mm-hmm. not cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sean and really like really right now in the loft, it's just Sean going to everybody checking in on them yeah. in some way. His next stop is going to be seeing Julie. And he's looking for a little clarification here. Cause you know, she's he's like, when you, so, okay. When I told you the thing that I, you know, said the really important thing, she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What you told me. Um, and I kissed you. Mm-hmm. And then you said one on you. Thank you. What was that exactly? Yeah. <laughs> was that like a a yeah, like a a thank you guess or what? Yeah, and she's like, well, it was a maybe. And he gets super excited. He's, He's so like, maybe, excited. maybe. I mean, I thought it was like an absolute no. Shut this down. Like I'm moving out of the loft, and we will never speak again. So maybe. Yeah. This is fantastic. Yeah, he's he's on a real high as we leave the loft here. Giant um, smile. He's very giant smile. Very optimistic about this. He's so cute in this. Yeah. So, and she's so cute. And they're I don't know. I I don't hate them together. I really don't. Okay. Okay. Well, we're gonna move from here to we're going to get to Nolan Elena's apartment. We're here with Tracy and Elena. We're actually going to see the inside of this apartment. Finally looking Again. better. No, mm-hmm. we, yes. I mean, so this is the scene that I thought was going to happen earlier. Mm. Tracy yeah. it does not have stuff all over him mm-hmm. and he's still, you know, messing around with elena saying you know don't get too mad okay look i did my best just i mean he knows he mm-hmm. knows he did good yeah and he's like you know just just try not to be mad at me he's managing expectations and he lets her in and it's beautiful it's gorgeous she's, absolutely gorgeous she's stunned she's like this looks amazing now i'm sad i have to move out soon in a, in a month she's gonna move out in a month yeah like girl renew your lease yeah well you know then then we get a little on the nose here he's just well like... they they turn to each other and elena is wearing this uh like shiny green choker mm-hmm. and a pink outfit that just reminds me of dion from clueless mm-hmm. so much okay and so this whole like affectionate moment that they're having, I don't know, it was just, there was just extra. 
Mm -hmm. uh, because of that, it, I don't know. It reminded me of how much like Dion was in love with him. Okay. All right. Well, the conversation they're going to have to put a button on this scene is, is like, you know, I would, Tracy says, I know this was taking longer than you wanted it to. And she's like, oh, is that why you didn't go out with us last night? No, Elena, he didn't go out with you because it was girls night. Okay. Uh, but that anyway, didn't stop Earl or Ben or true. Javier. That's very true. But so he was... does say yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This is why I couldn't go out with you. There are just some things you shouldn't rush. Some things take time. And yeah. she was like, yeah, and they're worth waiting for. And good to have, good to have patience. Like, mm hmm. And just like the conversation between Ruby and Noel earlier about the movie, it's like, what are you talking about right now? They know what they're talking about. They know what they're talking about. Yeah. Because, you know, they lean in and she says, thank you for doing this. Gives him a little kiss. And he says, thank you for waiting. Mm -hmm. And we know exactly what she's waiting for. <sighs> yes. The sweet, sweet Tracy Levin. Yeah, it's true. Yep. Okay, fish. We are going to get to the yeah. sequence. Mm -hmm. I've, I don't know, if I had a counter on me for how many times I've watched this sequence, <laughs> I don't know, a thousand, four thousand, a hundred thousand. I don't know. At a certain point, you lose track. Okay. Even with a counter, the counter's like, stop it. I can't I... take it anymore. I have seen it three times. Okay. Twice this week. One oh before God. Amanda, <laughs> before our, our interview with Amanda Foreman, and actually twice before our interview with her because I wanted to like refresh myself right before the interview. Uh -huh. So yeah. three. Okay. All right. So that's all right. That's fine. We are going to mm -hmm. see what we pulled out of this. Um, the first, the first thing that has to happen is, you know, Felicity, I guess Felicity is on shift and she's shows up at Dean and DeLuca. She sees Javier and she's like, is Ben here? Javier says, no, Ben canceled his shift. Felicity's like, oh no, <laughs> I think I messed up last night, Javier. I mean, if you're a Felicity in this moment, you're thinking he never wants to work with me again. Yeah. This well, and it. she told him she mm -hmm. never wanted, like, she didn't want to see him again until everything had died down. Yeah. So, and so this appears to be him following her instructions, which is not good news because she's got new instructions. <laughs> <laughs> she's had a realization. Yeah. And then Javier's like, um, can we talk about me first just a sec? Because <laughs> I'm engaged now. <laughs> Yay! And so Felicity um, has to pretend that she's not heartbroken yeah. and like say happy things. Yeah, she's like, congratulations. I'm so miserable. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so there's that. And then Javier just says, save the date and walks away. And by the way, just so you does know, not fish, give her a date at all. The thing there's is, no though, date. fish, and this is like very, very unlikely, but there is going to be a literal wedding. In the finale episode of this season, two episodes. <laughs> Damn, it's I mean not, that's pretty quick. It's really, really quick. When he says save the date, it's like two weeks from now, Tuesday. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it's going to be a, a very quick turnaround on this. And this um, is where we meet the new Samuel, because I still have only met the old Samuel. Okay. The one yeah. episode version of Samuel that you said we'll never see again. I think we're going to see the new Samuel next episode, um, but we'll have to... I'll have to double check that. I mean, we're going to have to meet him before they, at the point when they get married, right? Like I, uh, it's so fast. This is not how it happens. Like weddings. And because it's not even like, a, you know, they have like a wedding, you know, it's like they have a whole reception. Like this isn't going down to the courthouse. It's, and it's, like, Yeah. There are things that you can do that you could do in this time frame. That's not the things they did. <laughs> This is very TV, but that's okay. I'm getting ahead of myself. Javier's engaged. Yay. That's cool. Javier walks away to go do Dean and DeLuca things. And as he's doing that, so we see Felicity taking off her jacket, but you can see Ben outside of Dean and DeLuca walking past the window. So the hope is that the audience catches that and goes, <gasps> like I did. Um, it's Ben. So she's taking off her jacket and I don't know, she's, she's dejected realizing what she just did. And he interrupts this moment with his, Hey, she's like, (laughs) (laughs) this turns around and sort of gasps out a, Hey, fish. I also wrote down this whole speech. Yeah. I say we go with everything you feel about it and then and and then we can maybe talk about a few things that i okay well i'll i'll read it if that makes sense and then we can put our commentary at the end of it so he says i walked around almost all night trying to figure out how to show you that you can trust me that i've changed instead of telling you because i just think i've used up all the words of god I tried to think what was the one moment, the sort of turning point when I blew it, where I could have done the right thing, but didn't. And it was the night we were supposed to go see that movie. Remember? And he starts a sentence and she says, the gold rush, Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, I remember. She's whispering it. And Ben says, and I didn't show up. Felicity says, yeah, I remember that too. And she's whispering it so low. She's barely even speaking. And Ben says, you know where I was that night? I was on the Staten Island Ferry by myself, just going back and forth, just running away, which is something I've done all my life. Run. I'm sick of running. I'm sick of skating by. After I got your message last night, I realized that was the moment. Bryant Park, the moment I'd take over if I could. Felicity smiles a bit and Ben says, so this morning I called around and I finally found it. This place in Jersey had it. And he puts this paper bag on the table. Felicity opens it and she sees a film canister inside it. And and he says, you know what that is? And she says, yeah, it's a film canister. And Ben smiles and she's crying at that point. And Ben smiles and says, no, it's a time machine. Um, let's just talk about that before we get into the next scene. I mean, it's a big speech. It's like a, it's a real milestone, pretty monumental speech. 
And frankly, we don't get a lot of monumental milestone speeches from Ben. He's not a long speech kind of guy normally. So when he has these moments, it really, it really means something. And I, and it's, and it's one of those things where, um, you know, Fish, I was saying to you when we watched the pilot, because they kind of make it, made it seem like Ben was a big speech guy. And you don't really get that through the whole series, especially not to this point. So the moments like this really, um, it's like he, this, the fight that he had trying to get her back at Epstein bar when she was on that last date with Greg. And then this, it's like, he's pulling out all the stops. And um, so for me, Oh goodness. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to put my note from an optimist in here. I think this idea of if, if you've ever had the experience of like, there's a song that you, that you have attached a bad memory to because the song was on the radio at the exact time when the thing was happening, or there's like a fight that you had with somebody you cared about, about a specific thing. And every time you see the thing, all you can remember is the fight. And I think it's like these objects have this residue that we take with us. And I think that the biggest gift Ben could give here was literally, I don't know if it's replacing a bad memory with a good one, but letting that memory have more than one context. And like, I guess it's, it's a redo, but it's also like, if you could take that song that triggers a bad memory for you and then find a way to put something really happy with it so that that's also now something you think of. I think it's such a gift to be able to let somebody reframe and, you know, for example, like for Felicity, what is, can she hear the words, the gold rush, or can she pass by Bryant Park without thinking about this? And I think Ben has just recontextualized the whole thing for her to turn it into this really romantic moment out of this really disappointing one. Um, And I just, I love that. And I don't know if that's ever specifically happened for me with any of the things that trigger me. And I, I think it's really special that that's happening here. And, you know, the effort that he went to, to go find this film canister. And I assume he had to also find the equipment to play it on. Um, You know, it is a real gesture. It's a level that he hasn't quite gone to yet. And it lands. It is, in fact, the moment, I mean, I remember watching that scene when she was at Bryant Park, watching all of these other couples and all these other people enjoying each other and eating their food. And she just reaches into her bag by herself and just grabs like a, I don't know, a sandwich or whatever it was she was eating or not eating. (laughs) And um, she, she looked so alone. And now it's like, I want to take that moment and I want to fix it or try, or at least layer it on top of the one I gave you before. And I think that's really, it's really lovely. That's what I think. And I remember that moment um, you had said, we'll find out later, like what Ben was doing. He wasn't 
because he'd given her some excuse. He and gave her like remember. a, oh, I totally forgot. I was helping Sean and the guys or whatever. Uh, okay. I, it was a lie when he when he explained himself away in the next episode from when she had been stood up. Um, but it turns out he was thinking about her all night. Yeah. Um, so when I listened to this, I kind of listened to it a line at a time mm -hmm. and sort of stopped and, and, you know, was thinking about it. Um, I, I do have some like nitpicky things and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, first of all, he says, I want to show you that I've changed. Right. Mm -hmm. And you can trust me because I don't have any more words and then mm -hmm. proceeds to give an entire speech full of words. And it's like, okay. Um, sure. I think, I don't know. And then he's got, you know, what is this one moment, the, the turning point where he blew it. And I paused it there before he said what it was. Mm -hmm. And I was like going to Mexico not responding when she called you a coward and broke up with you um that speech about how everything like had too much meaning and he couldn't handle it. i just started listing all the ways he blew it mm -hmm. uh and then he's like bryant park and i was like what about mexico mm -hmm. um so well like, mexico they were still together after mexico yeah, they got you know still like they were in this like I took off after our road trip was gone all summer. And then we came back to this like weird relationship that hadn't moved forward and that I still wanted to be like really, you know, I mean, he was running away to Mexico. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't just one night. It was the entire summer he ran away. Yeah. I think though, I don't think of that as a turning point. I think of that as he was away from the summer, they got back to school and they were just now solidifying that they were going to get together. I think, I think of two turning points. I think of, yeah, I think Bryant Park, but I, because they made such a point of showing the planning for that day, the fact that Ben wasn't there showing that she was stood up and how she felt about it. And then him finding an excuse when he saw her the next time. But I also think a turning point was him listening to her tape and the ensuing argument that came from that. I don't think that, look, not listening to her tape, I don't think would have changed anything mm. because as her feelings became apparent on tape or not, he was still freaking out. So that's why I see more of a turning point in not having a response when she calls him a coward mm -hmm. like he's just like i don't know what to say to you like you're right mm -hmm. like i am scared of this and i'm running away yeah. and all the times he said to her like over and over again like you're like why does everything have to have so much meaning and like what you know can't we keep this casual and like all those times that he was like trying to make it not a real relationship. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But Brian Park, yes, sure. Also a screw up. Um, and 
And I do think it's interesting that, you know, he was on a ferry thinking about things. And before this speech, he was wandering around all night, you know, thinking about things. Um, And I guess for me, there's a couple of things that it doesn't strike me as, I guess, the most romantic speech because I'm just I'm more practical and it doesn't mean that I don't believe in romance or that I don't find things romantic, but like if you hand me a film canister and say it's a time machine, it's not Mm -hmm. like, like, I don't know what to tell you, but like, it's just not like all those things still happened. Um, and like, there are no do overs. So to me, this is much more of a timing issue it's like she already realized she wants to be with him this whole speech isn't necessary he doesn't know he doesn't know it but i'm just saying like no matter what he said in this speech she's ready to date him now it had to be her he already said the really important stuff in the last speech he gave her Mm -hmm. right he yeah. was like, you're afraid. And then she had to realize she was afraid. And it was like, I love you. Like, I want to be with you. All this stuff. Like, it was on her. And now she's realized it. And so this speech doesn't really have the, like, oomph that something that actually would have made an impact, I think, did. Mm-hmm. And for me, the romantic part isn't a speech. It isn't his previous speech. It isn't this speech. It's the journey that he's been on over Mm -hmm. months. Yeah. You know, to change himself for the better, not necessarily for her, because I still don't like that, but to change himself for the better, to be a better man, to know her and say, you, you want, like, you make people want to be better Mm -hmm. and to be speaking about himself like that all of the effort all of the time that he has put in for that that is showing and i think that's the challenge for ben in this situation because he when it's like you know i was trying to think how else i can show you because i don't have the words anymore it's like well the problem is that he has been showing her for months And she was choosing not to see it or she was choosing not to register it. So in fact, he's been giving her object lessons, (laughs) like examples of him showing up for her. And she still hasn't realized it. And so I think he had to like resort to, well, he had to resort to speech mode for, for her to start paying attention. But also I think we really needed some of these other characters being like Felicity. (laughs) Can you just register this? You know, like, I don't know if I don't know if without some of those nudges, she would have broken through because Ben has given her a lot of evidence. And then before he delivers these speeches, he's got people telling her he's got Javier saying things to her, you know, he's got Greg himself, (laughs) was like I think this is a thing the thing you two have (laughs) you know know, I think that 
she really did kind of need some of these nudges for people to say, just for a moment, can you put the wall down like, or, or take like a layer of brick off so that we can see above it and see what's on the other side. And, um, it's been, so I think you're right. Like she needed to be ready to absorb it, but you know, he's still trying to figure out what options he has to get through to her. Yeah. And, and the big revelation that she had is I am scared. I'm scared of what this relationship is, but even if he breaks my heart again, I'm not going to die. Like I will get through it. So Mm -hmm. I am capable of being with him. What she doesn't say in that speech is he has changed. Mm -hmm. Um, So like nowhere in here is there anything about her realizing all all of the work that he has put in for her Mm -hmm. and i'm hoping that like as they get together and she is with him because her decision to say i can survive it is also a decision saying this relationship is worth surviving heartbreak for Mm -hmm. so to me it goes back to that like magnetic feeling that they're they're just coming together she thinks it's worth it maybe she hasn't fully vocalized why maybe Mm -hmm. she doesn't know why um maybe the change is part of that but we don't hear her give him credit for any of that we don't and i think that's part of the reason why the speech is helpful because as he's talking through this, looking at the way it's landing on her and the parts where it really makes her well up, I think she's feeling she's feeling the impact of this gesture. Um, I think that, you know, at the point when he's saying, you know, like the gold rush, Charlie Chaplin, she's like, I remember. Like, and it, it, it like pains her to remember it and, so I didn't show up. Yeah, I remember that too. And just the whisperiness, the like, oh, you are tapping directly into a painful memory right now. And you're, I'm, I'm sitting here with that. And then for him to go in and say, here's what that night was for me. I, I want to do something that makes that pain less painful for you. And so like, I put all this work in to find this movie and you know, at the point when he says, you know what, this is, she has just like this single tear <laughs> running down her face. Yeah. It's a film canister. And just like, this is really landed. Um, and it, it wasn't, and it wasn't landing from the moment he showed up and started the speech where he's like, I'm trying here, you know, like it's, it's just like the tapping directly into an incredibly painful memory. And they're like, can I put a bandaid on it now? And like a little neosporin, <laughs> you know. Like I think for me, that's really something so sweet. I I I can't think of a time that somebody ever did that for me with a triggering memory. And it's usually like the people that this maybe that the the trigger of the memory is gone from your life by the time you know. Like it's it's usually there's not an opportunity to do something like this, and. Um, it was really beautiful to see 
something like that, where it's like that thing that makes you sad to think about it. Maybe you've squashed it down. He's like, I want you to feel good about Bryant Park. I want you to feel good about like the gold rush somehow. And maybe like we can put new context to that memory and associate it with a better, a better time in our relationship. Um, I don't know. I I just, it probably did that for her. I think you might be giving Ben a little too much credit uh, for having all of that, like motivation behind it. No, I think this is the amount of credit I need to give him. I mean, he's obviously been putting a lot of thought into this and he's been consulting with Javier and then Javier was like, not helping you there, man. You've got to think of this on your own. And he spends all night walking around and. Yeah, but I don't, I don't hear anything in this that says like, I'm trying to make this less painful. Mm -hmm. Um, He says time machine which to me means like it's a do-over it's a like i would take this back like let's try again from that point in time Mm -hmm. you know like i screwed up i'm acknowledging that i think you're right it it probably does do all those things for felicity Mm -hmm. i just don't know that that ben knew all that yeah, I think I think that he does. I think that's why that was the moment he chose. And I think, uh, and and it wasn't like Javier said, "Go find a moment and fix it." Like Ben came up with this whole structure, right? It's like, okay, what have I tried? Well, I've tried literally changing. I've tried showing up for her. I've tried asking her about about her dad and being there for her when she was having hard times and listening to her, and tried being her running mate. <laughs> like in a campaign, you know, and he's been showing up. And then, you know, I, I tried working with her. I tried not working with her and finding my own thing. And, you know, like I, he's, so he's done all this stuff that was active and then he's, he can now like look back at all these times he's tried to have a conversation with her, you know, the, the conversation that he had with her, um, you know, at the bar with Greg and like, you know, he's said the words too. So it's like, what's the other option, you know, like, and I think he, he came up with this structure of like, okay, like when, when did I blow it? What can I do about it? And, um, I, I really do think that this is the impact he was trying to have, like, cause honestly, I think the more impressive thing would be to say, yeah, but can you do this over time? He has been. Yeah. And that's, again, that's the part I find romantic. And, you know, it's a bit, it's a lot unrequited through a lot of this season. It really is. Um, and it was Felicity that had to, she had to come to the realization. She was the one who wasn't on board. Like, this was not in Ben's control. Mm-hmm. If she hadn't come to that realization, this speech, I think, doesn't sway her. Yeah because it's just a speech again. She's, if she is not seeing like her own fear and, and recognizing it, she's just going to keep pushing everything down. Yeah. And And I think that's why, uh, that's why 
it was so cool to have Mandy Foreman to talk to because this really when when you know and we've heard you know listeners tell us like this is this is like the Mandy Foreman episode this is the Megan episode you know like this it's kind of a coming out party for her because although it's not specifically her storyline what an impact the conversations with Megan have on where Felicity is um so I agree. Like, I think that a lot of things get the assist here and Felicity did have to come to the realization. Ben was working as hard as he possibly could for a really long time. He had a really big screw up that disrupted it, but he was working really hard to get her attention for a long time. And, and then there's the assist from all these other people in her world that are like, uh, have you thought about this in a new, in a new context? You know, like, have you, have you really been looking at what the situation is lately? <laughs> like, <laughs> I do think all of that was necessary. And I think that's why this, the ending to this episode is so special because they got there through really an entire half season of planting this. Um, yeah, I guess it just, I don't know. It. it I don't want to say it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Oh, fish. He could have said anything. She was ready to be up to be with him. He could have walked in the door and said, want to go get KFC? And she would have been like, yes. Like, I get it. People, they're beautiful <gasps> words, but they're not the culmination. Like, this is not the culmination. Uh, you know, them being together on the roof, I think is a culmination, them kissing, you know, her being in the right mindset, him having gone through all of this, you know, change and effort and, you know, her overcoming her fears and, and them being able to, to be together finally. Mm -hmm. um, that's a culmination. Yeah. But like the actual culmination is the is the next scene. But we yeah. have to get there somehow. You know, like yeah. we have to sure, but the way they got there was through this like, you know, beautiful speech that wasn't necessary at all. Well, we agree to disagree on this one, I think. I uh guys, my love letter to this episode is I have probably watched this speech a thousand times because it's so amazing. It's so beautiful. It's a, it is. It's a beautiful <laughs> speech. It's just not necessary to the plot. She was already ready to go out with him and he had already changed to the point that he was a good partner for her. You know what, Fish? You are not necessary to the plot. <laughs> I can't. I can't with you. Uh, I'm dying on this hill. Well, we can agree to disagree. We can, but you also agreed setup. with me earlier and said it wasn't necessary. So like, but I am absolutely not hung up on that. I think this is vital to get us to the next scene because otherwise, why the hell are they on the roof watching the gold rush? Charlie Chaplin could have been so, doing anything. Uh, I think you got to have a little context there. They're not just going to go mini golfing. <laughs> like, no, but they could have had any type of romantic date. They could have gone on a, on a lake on in a boat. They could have. Oh my God. 
fish. You know. Can we put some context to like, yeah, like I love that they did this, that they, that they take a moment that was so painful from earlier in the show. And they're like, let's make the romantic gesture. Let's make the ro- Let's make the turning point next scene one where we're like healing all of our own little wounded heart. <laughs> Ethnicity fans worldwide. It's like, there's a lot of people who were rooting for this. And I think it just sucks to watch Carrie Russell's face at Bryant Park, just slowly like reaching into her bag for whatever food she brought and looking around to everybody who's there with a date, hugging each other. <laughs> She's like, oh, and you feel so bad for her. And I think for, for him to come back and, you know, this is, I don't want them going on a boat in a lake or like <laughs> going to some other B and B in some other cabin in the woods. Like I want, I, I want something that has real meaning for a relationship that has had so much meaning either they're going to a blood bank together and they're yeah, donating side by side. Could have been carving pumpkins But I do think it makes more sense if it's something that has to do with the breakup than something from season one. Because I also think this is part of me, like not having watched this a lot, because when he came in and was like, the thing I would take back is, you know, that night then we were going to see a movie. And my initial reaction to that was really, he has all these other screw ups and you're going to blame it on something we've never seen but we did but that's the thing is i didn't remember until he said bryant park i was like what are you talking about so they made a real they made a real point um that was an episode where he was they were packing they were packing for it and he was juggling muffins yeah like once he said like bryant park i remembered oh yeah okay bryant park she was alone he wasn't there but like i didn't really remember it that much and i definitely didn't remember it it's from a while ago it's from yeah it was like a while ago two and i think um you know they actually though gave more airtime to that stand up like the her getting like the setting up that date and her getting stood up got more play than the speech she gave to break up with him or the fact that he, we get the one-liner that he went to Mexico or like really anything um, because they showed up not, they showed us not only the packing process to go to that, the the picnic they were going to bring. And then they show her, they, they make it a point to have a whole scene of just watching her face and her, the setting and seeing everybody on their little beach blankets or I don't know, their park blankets. I don't know what you call them. Um, And, you know, watching her watch their faces. So they had all that happen. And then they have another scene where she sees him at Dean and DeLuca the next day or whenever she sees him next. And she's like, yeah, do you remember we were poster and he was like oh bryant park i totally forgot i was with the guys and she and he was like maybe next time she's like yeah that was the last one for the season um it's fine don't worry about it so they actually had like at least three scenes that were dedicated exclusively to this major getting stood up on this date um and if you don't remember that, if you're remembering something else more, then this wouldn't mean as much. But uh, yeah, I definitely didn't remember a lot of that stuff. I remembered uh, 
him not being Frankenstein at the yeah. party. Yeah, that was season And then one. making out with the pink Power Ranger. Mm-hmm. I remember I the think red dress. I from that stuff too, but I think it needed to be something that was more post- I am the devil, you know, like I, I think, it, <laughs> which is unfortunately how I chose to describe all that. But um, I think it needed to be something after the, the wooing to go on the road trip, because that was like when the relationship probably would have been, um, regardless of when you say this actual start date would have been. It, it's after that. And somewhere between there and the you are a coward bit, um, you know picking something in that range probably would have landed better. I think that the pumpkin carving, he, uh, he kind of already made up for that with the necklace. But I mean, I don't think he did anything wrong during the pumpkin carving. Yeah, I don't think so It was just like a, a moment for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they could have gone and stood together on a roof and in, she could have worn a red dress and they could have redone that scene where she was like, you know what? This doesn't have to be a relationship that, mm-hmm. that is too deep. And instead they could have looked into each other's, each other's eyes and said, you know, we want to do this. We're all in. I'm like a hundred percent. I am a hundred percent here for you. Yeah. I agree that that would be a good one, but I think, um, he's already been like that was so broad in terms of like I need to be able to talk to you and be me and he's been letting her be her and talking to her about her stuff for a whole season (laughs) or for a half a season at this point um which again a little harder to pinpoint that's that's where I see the romance. I mean for me this has been one long romantic journey Mm -hmm. and so I guess I'm I'm just not as wowed by a speech when I've seen this whole thing is building. Yeah, I agree. I see the whole thing is building and I'm wowed by the speech and I'm wowed by the next scene. And I love, I love that they sort of transition from you're still, you're still on her face that it's a time machine line is delivered. You're still on her face and you hear the music start to blend into the next scene. Mm-hmm which we would have Love heard that song. I do too. So we heard this scene with Heather Nova, like lovers do. So here's yes. the thing. The original song is a Sarah McLaughlin song called ice cream fish. Do you know that song? I don't know that song. Your love is better than ice cream, better than anything else that I've tried. Now I've just yeah. sung a little bit of that and it is a very different pace. It is a very different vibe. I don't, it's not my favorite Sarah McLaughlin song. I know a lot of people love that song on this scene. I can't imagine this scene with that song. I'd have to, I probably have to see it because I like the song that we had, which was, you know, all about being together with the person you love. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think the Sarah McLaughlin song is pretty too. So I don't know. I'd have it's to. It's like slower I'd have and it. a little bit sadder. Um, yeah, but that was the vibe. That was, that's the show, right? But that's not what I feel like this scene is. I like this scene for the. So this scene, um, we're, we're going to start from. They sort of show us 
the establishing shot of Ben and Felicity probably sitting on an air mattress <laughs> with, <laughs> Uh, they're looking out at a roof across the street. They've got a projector set up and the film canister is playing the gold rush onto the roof. So we're seeing all of this set up from behind them. And then um, they're watching the gold rush. We're cutting between scenes from the gold rush playing on the building to they just keep looking at each other. Like there'll be a moment when one looks at the other and they'll turn away and they'll look the other and turn away. And we're just seeing them do that a couple times. And then there's this moment when she looks at him, she holds the gaze, he looks at her. And I felt before they kiss, there's this moment of like total stillness that I felt. It was like, nobody is running from anything. And then they kiss and, and the song really like, really swells into the like lovers do oh and i feel that so like here we go this whole thing and the song really built for me in a very effective way and at that point i want to cheer i don't want to be here about like oh love is better than ice cream like i just don't need something soulful here i need something that's like really celebratory because I, I've been waiting for this moment for a while i think if you're a ben and felicity fan this is probably the moment you're waiting for let's face it um and if you're, if you're a Felicity and Dolphin, I'm sorry, I've got nothing for you today. <laughs> um, that's not, this is not your episode, but I think, you know, we've obviously been having this building and I, and I want to hear this, like, this swell that happens. But I did think that that moment of stillness that I saw also just, it did fit within this as we landed into that, um, this scene um I can see how it it, it would make it different uh, and again I'd have to hear it because I don't know that I need to celebrate um I guess I feel I feel soul soulful music more mm-hmm. and so if I'm gonna feel something for this scene I am or any scene I'm always gonna feel it more intensely with that type of music behind it, the, mm-hmm. you know, Sarah McLaughlin or even like actual soul music and like, you know, R&B, Motown, like whatever, I, like I'm just always like stick Aretha on, I'm, I'm just going to feel it more. Mm-hmm. It just, it hits me differently. And so I do feel like it would have been a much more intense scene for me. Mm-hmm if it didn't have kind of a more upbeat um an upbeat tune with it mm-hmm. i still really like the song yeah. and i like what it did here i just feel like you need to see it i also would have liked the sarah mclaughlin version in a mm-hmm. different way mm-hmm. because yeah. there's also something so angelic and bittersweet about the way that she sings and and what's nice is it, it at least gives a, a little nod to the fact that these two people are coming together in this intense moment. It hasn't been easy. Mm-hmm. And there is a little bit of bittersweetness because there has been pain. Yeah. But it's, but you feel it, right? It's like life, you know? 
it, it's just different than something that's a yeah just more upbeat and celebratory i don't know yeah yeah different but uh i love what they gave me in the dvd version and i wouldn't change a thing um <laughs> i there's a moment when they show when they're kissing and they show that they're lit by the movie mm. and i just thought that was really beautifully done they sh it, it's mostly the light is on carrie russell's face and you can just see the, the movie on their faces. It's like, ah, oh, wow. that's a really nice touch. Um, it's, it's a gorgeously shot um, scene. Great. I, I love the, you know, the fact that they are on a roof, that they're on the roof. And mm -hmm. there's no way that Sean's going to come in and ask for dip. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> They've learned. They know. They know what's up here. They're experienced in this relationship and they understand yeah i um i like i like ben in this whole thing because um he's like the most attractive he's ever looked to me here he's just like being very he's he's being as calm as we've seen him in a really long time he's watching this movie he it seems like he's really enjoying this movie he's sort of leaned with his arms back a little bit and you know, he, he knows that she's looking at him and he just sort of smiles to himself. And I think that moment when she looks at him just before she's about to kiss him, it's like, he knows that he needs to let her come to him. Like this needs to be initiated by Felicity. And she does like, he's put in the work that he needs to, and she's had whatever realizations she needs to have. And I think that sort of moment before where it's just like, okay mm-hmm yeah we'll do this like I, I i like that they that they have that and that we as an moved, audience sit with that he has moved the obstacles out of the way and she is just being drawn toward him mm -hmm. like magnets do um i would say i find him most attractive when he's he has that um I don't know the word isn't really mischievous but like he he's just got this smile and look mm -hmm. um like the like the full smile mm -hmm. where he's just i don't know he's so charming and attractive and like i don't know it, it's like a shy kind of smile too Mm -hmm. um i don't know that's yeah. that's my thing but an you know ode to scott speedman um <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> he's oh a good looking man like no one well maybe some people i don't know everybody's taste but like i think you'd be hard pressed to uh to find something wrong with scott speedman as like an attractive man. Um, but I feel the same way about Scott Foley. So um, I think they're both very attractive men. And honestly, I think Tracy's really attractive, but not in the same way. Mm -hmm. He's Fair much enough. more personality driven. Fair enough. Well, Fish, um, we... <laughs> You're doing a new segment called You Are the Worst. And I can't help but wonder. <laughs> what yeah. What did you come up with? For 
prep yeah. this episode. This was not easy. Mm-hmm. This this was not easy. It took me, and I was glad that I was able to watch this in advance because I had to think about this for like a couple days, and then really, you know, narrow down and and get to the person who was the worst. Okay. So, um, was that the intro? Should should we let that yeah, be the I intro? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Beautiful. Love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we go. All right. Bouncers. You're the worst. Yeah. I'm not talking about the hot guy in the background keeping everybody safe. I mean the 70s velvet lapel jacket wearing motherfucker at the door. Your being friends with Megan doesn't outweigh your initial rejection of Felicity, Elena, and Julie at the door. Your condescending, not you, not you, you, not you, doesn't make you seem discerning or powerful. It makes you look like a judgmental dick. The fact that you let Javier and Ben in only after they kissed isn't sweet it's bigoted you prick you have no real power kevin weissman slash earl owns you and you are the worst you knock off howard stern look-alike wow yeah harsh words very minor character there's nothing else (laughs) to do it with in this episode it's like chintzy gemstones you're the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I had feelings about this guy. Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Gosh, thank goodness. He's the worst. Went with because um, if you I mean, had the first time I machine, came... you're the worst. I would think you, there would have been a riot. <laughs> but, well, well, first then. I did Ben. Then I did love. I'm doing um, this particular bouncer. So, you know, uh, probably doesn't have as big an impact as the first two. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, no, nobody's yeah. safe. Okay. Nobody and no thing is safe from yep. the year of the worst segment. Yep. Well, thank you for sharing that, Fish. That was really, yeah. that was really something. Um, shall we get into our favorite segment? I absolutely think we should. I know. This is going to be, or maybe you've been saving comments for this one, but I know it's comments getting... relevant to this one. And there are a couple from the, from past episodes too, that I want to uh, lean into, but we are now embarking on the, after you listen to this tape, you have to erase it segment, which is, you know, listener feedback because we love Yay. all of you, our, our family. So um, I'm going to do a couple from this episode for, or that relate to this episode first. So from at Colleen.Tenbus, episode 21, (laughs) Ben's time machine speech is the whole show for me. I love everything about it, how he admits he was running away and how he put thought into what could be a meaningful gift for her. I hereby submit film canisters for your consideration for units of measurement for this episode's rating. I mean, he went all the way to New Jersey. Yeah, I mean, I do have to give him credit. He braved Jersey for her. So, I mean, that, yeah, that's fair. It was no joke what he did there. Um, Okay, we are finally 
able to bring in a piece of Allison Atwater. Allison Atwater. <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, come on, there's in gotta be minute. something. Um, but here we are, Allison. We're back. Okay, so she says. In season two, although it was the most frustrating thing in the world, when Sean talks Ben out of being with Felicity, telling him he isn't ready for her and would ruin things, I respect Ben's taking a step back to evaluate. I wish he hadn't stood her up, but I love the way he made up for it at the end of the season when he woos her again. Also, Sean's advice is the worst and truly plays into Ben's insecurities, but I do appreciate that it made Ben truly examine what he wanted and ultimately only strengthened his determination to be with Felicity. I also respect that he didn't expect her to wait until he made up his mind like a certain someone in season one. Shots fired. (laughs) Allison. That was savage. Um... Yeah, we've been waiting a while to hear more snippets from Allison's treatise. Yes. And there we had it. That's amazing. Um, she is correct about, about Noel. However, I'm sure in the Noel treatise, there are probably also shots fired about things like, I don't know, ditching her for Mexico. There's a lot in the Noel treatise and I'm going to probably pull in a bunch of that in the season recap. It's tough because there's like some spoilery stuff for future seasons in it, but I think it, I think it'll land better at the season recap. Um, at the point when we got it, it was like, we were all, we moved out of it so quickly, you know, the Noel stuff in season two, we hardly had any time in that storyline. So, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun to check in on some of that stuff too. Um, at, Insta.Mickey said a, a few different things. Um, so first, I'll, because this sort of a little bit ties into what Allison just said, I'll say, you know, oh my God, redeeming Sean in this episode. Uh, and this is from the documentary episode. Um, noticing how smitten Ben was, I think he maybe felt the need to make up for sabotaging them in the beginning of the year and, you know, create the perfect ending for the documentary. So I think this is just sort of a nod to, um, you know, one of the assists that we got. Uh, but at Instamickey has a little bit more to share on this from, from previous episodes we've covered. So um, the magnets theory from fish is just gold, gold medal and a trophy for fish for that. Well, and we'll see if that still stands after after this episode, after this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a journey. Um, and it's not because I don't love Felicity. I do, but when she is not right, like a, when a friend of mine is not, we call her out too. running against Greg was ridiculous indeed. Uh, you know, in the election. So some thoughts from insta.mickey on that one. Um, got a couple more here. Uh, one from, also uh, episode 18 from at Vanessa Manet. The scene with the kid in the clinic is so, so cute and sweet. And I think this is when her feelings for Ben started to show through again. It's interesting to see the different moments that people really felt the transition happening. Mm. Um, so that was one that she picked up on. And I'm just gonna, you know, pull up a, a, a more overarching a comment from Heather O'Brien. Uh, Melissa and Fish. 
I'm cracking up about all the Al, the security guard conversation right now, <laughs> literally dying and laughing out loud. So classic. Al nailed it while Ben has some handcuffs. On another note, we might need to go back to the script because I too remember a jinx and a coke, like Fish said, between Felicity and someone. Maybe Ben or Noel. It definitely happened somewhere. Much love to you both. Yeah, I went to go look for it and I couldn't find anything. I thought maybe even it had to do with like Julie. Um, I don't know. I think what I'm actually thinking of is the jinx you owe me a Coke scene from the office between Ooh. Pam and Jim. Okay. I think that might be what I'm thinking of. I don't know why I feel like it happened in this show too, but I can't find any evidence of it. <laughs> so, well, listeners, if somebody does remember a scene from the show Felicity, you just <laughs> let us know because uh, we're curious. Well, all kinds of fun comments from some past episodes, and also from this one. I think this is a this is a really big episode for Benicity fans. Or ours, as they're otherwise known, Fen. Fen. Sorry, guys. Oops. <laughs> I did that. That's the thing that I did earlier today. Um, some hours ago, I dropped that. So, Fish, it's time for us to read this episode. Mm-hmm. Did you want to go first? Absolutely not. Okay. Well, uh, I just as I suspected. So... <laughs> I am little nod to Colleen Tenbus. This mm-hmm. my unit of measurement here is going to be film canisters. I did nice. this for you, not for fish. Nope. For you <laughs> and me and everybody else. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 10 out of 10 guys. I don't know. This is one of the 10 out of 10 episodes I had in mind from, you know, early on. Finally, and the Aretha Theory are my two favorite episodes. And, you know, the 10 out of 10 we both had for... The wallpaper one. The, yeah, I, I will come up with that in just a moment. The 10 out of 10 we both had for... Okay, that was episode 14. I'll go find the name of that. Um, I want to say like Truth or Consequences, maybe? Could have been. Um, was... Oh, no, True That's Colors. It. I think it was True Colors. Um, that was unexpected for me. I didn't know that was coming. This one me too. I knew was coming. And I just, this is like a, the comfort episode of comfort TV. Like for me, I, I could watch this anytime and feel better about life. And, and, and it also taps into like the emotion for me. And I have to say, this might be a controversial thing to say, but um, if I think of this, this is like the perfect rom-com ending. This is like the, and they live happily ever after ending that you would see in a lot of movies. And to be honest with you, had the show ended for me right here, I would have been fine with that. In fact, some of the stuff they're going to give us later, I could do without, <laughs> but I'm still but always happy have only... show Felicity. Yeah, then um, you'd only have like, you'd have less than two full seasons. I know. I mean, I'm happy to have more show of Felicity, but I, 
for me, this is like the best, most satisfying this will ever be because, you know, if you're going to get them together and they're not just going to like make them happy for two seasons, you know, like that's not a thing that you do in TV. It's rarely done in TV where you see a couple and they just like are happily together with no conflict or drama for the rest of the run of the show. That's not really a thing for most TV shows. So like it happens a lot with like the secondary characters. Yeah. Like, uh, How I Met Your Mother, um, Marshall and Lily. Yeah. But something like this, that's like the main focal point. It's, you know, as much as they'll try to, uh, I don't know. It's <clears throat> so for me, like, this is just the, wow, this is, this is just like the celebratory happy moment they're together. And I want that to be a really happy, positive relationship. And I, I believe it will be. And I'm so encouraged by this, this moment at the end of this episode. And so um, it, you know, th- this, this would have been a fine ending for me. And then we have more stuff that comes after and that's fine too. But I, I just love this episode. Yeah. So Melissa has climaxed and she's currently having a cigarette. Um, and, you know, that's cool. I mean, I, I'm going to be interested to see what happens during the actual relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we haven't really seen them in a relationship. And for me, the best parts of a relationship, like are the, like the sexual tension and flirting before you get together and then you get together and it's a little awkward and then you get to a point where you're really comfortable with each other and there's like this easy affection um and i love that stage of the relationship where it's like you know exactly like how to put your hand on your partner so they feel safe um you know like you know, you just, you know, each other and Mm -hmm. there's that deeper connection of like, Hey, like we can fight, like other stuff can happen, but at our core, like we're in love and we're in this together. Mm -hmm. And, and we know that and we feel confident in it. Um, And so I want to see that like I want to see I want to see how they are in a relationship I want to see them be affectionate I want to see them like you know wow all their friends with like hey we finally did it um so I don't know mm-hmm. I, I I would not be happy if it ended <laughs> this episode I want more there's definitely lots of good stuff lots of really interesting stuff coming up and also some you know stuff I could have done without yeah but that's how it is it's life that's fair. Um, we have another new segment um, called uh, I'd Like You to Say Something. And I feel like this is a good time good time to, to start that out. Um, basically, it involves uh, if I think Melissa is getting a little too much uh, on the positive side, I can say I'd like you to say something mean about whatever. And if she thinks I'm getting too negative about something, she can say to me, I'd like you to say something nice. Um, It's only fair. So, yeah, Melissa, I'd like you to say something mean about this episode. I'm 
something mean about this episode. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't Leaving... even have to be the last two scenes. I know you love them, so you can leave them alone. Yeah. But like something, give me something, some sure. critique. Leaving toothpaste on your face. <laughs> okay. Well, even after you've been told there's still toothpaste on your face, all That's you true. literally, the only thing that you have to do is wipe it off with your finger, you're out of sync, or take a piece of toilet paper, wipe it off with the toilet paper, throw it in the toilet or some sort of trash. That is also acceptable. You know what isn't acceptable? Leaving a bunch of toothpaste <laughs> on your face. While running throughout the apartment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought this All was right. going to be hard for me. I didn't. <laughs> I, I know you. I know you have your like improv thing. I just thought this <laughs> this would be a good time because you're like so so positive about mm-hmm. it. And sometimes, even though you're the optimist, you do also critique the episodes. Um, and I just so, came in with the hard hitting take about toothpaste on the face. I mean, for all of you like <laughs> toothpaste guzzlers, I mean. At Melissa. your actions. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Fish, how yeah. did you rate this episode? Um, I mean, I, you know, it's not going to be a 10 out of a 10 for me. Um, I loved Megan. I mean, I, I loved the deepening of the relationship with Felicity I think Julie's outfit was a train wreck, like dumpster fire of an outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, I did love that jacket. Love the dancing. Love Earl. Uh, Richard is, I mean, perfect. Smoking his cigar, doing his little mambo dance. Mm-hmm. Um, drunken conversations, like nail from head. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot to really like about it. Um, I wasn't a big fan of like some of the like club and Javier stuff and like Ben's reaction to Javier, like hugging him. Um, and in general, sort of, I don't know, a bit of stereotyping of maybe like the outcast or something like that and just that that went along with the club obviously I didn't like the bouncer um and yeah I mean beautiful words but this last speech did not do it for me (sighs) you know I found the stuff with Javier to be more romantic um I don't know. It's it's just me. I'm more more practical, but it's still a good episode. So I will give it an eight out of ten. Okay, eight out of ten. Don't worry, listeners who love Vanicity or Fen, as we're calling it now. <laughs> uh, you've got a ten out of ten on this, and you've got an eight out of ten. Okay, yeah. this is something still for everybody. Really good, really good scores. I uh-huh. mean. It's not, it's not like I gave it a 0.5. I mean, who, what kind of Felicity fan would give an episode a 0.5? Not anyone that I respect. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, we want to hear all of your feedback and we know you have it. 
Okay. <laughs> we know you have it. Just, just, just tell us, just tell yeah. us. All right. So do you have anything you'd like to share with us? You can find us at the Melissa fish at gmail.com. That's Melissa with one L two S's the Melissa fish at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Felicity podcast. And then if you want to know when we drop a new episode, go ahead and check out the uh, link to sign up for our newsletter, which you'll find in the show notes. So you can find that link in the show notes, just sign up and we'll let you know when we have new episodes that come out. And while you're there, if you have a chance, go ahead and rate and review us. If that's an option, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Now, next time fish, we're going to talk about an episode called final answer. What do you think that's about? Uh, we already know that Samuel said yes. Mm -hmm. So what questions are outstanding? Um, Ben and Felicity are together. Uh, Oh, it could be uh, Sean and Julie. That's outstanding. So maybe Sean, Sean finally asks Julie out and we get her answer. All right. That is fish's final answer on guessing what the episode final answer is about mary meta yeah well fish anything we missed today i i can't imagine um we we went through this fully and we had an interview (laughs) (laughs) with mandy foreman to uh to back up you know a lot of a lot of what we were thinking and and to hear more about it and you guys will have already heard that so i think we have a lot of content on this episode now we sure do and this is our legacy to all of you (laughs) that's right well until next time fish don't hook up with ben while i'm gone i'm a fish bye bye everyone (laughs) 